Welcome to Hello Universe, a podcast about spirituality in our everyday lives. We're your co-hosts, Kylie and Eva. Hey, it's Kylie. And it's Eva. And welcome to Hello Universe. (laughs) We hope everyone is having a lovely week so far, as lovely as it can be, considering how, oh, kind of a funky funky year. (laughs) Yeah. I go back and forth. I have days where I'm like, I'm so grateful for like the time with my family and like all this transformations happened from life quieting down. And then I have other times where I'm like, I just want to go to a fucking movie theater. Seriously. Yeah. I I want to touch people. I think that is definitely the uh, general consensus. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But it's cool. How are you? Um, I'm pretty good. Let's see. Busy. I don't like saying that word sometimes, you know, because I feel mm-hmm. like it can sound like very self-important. And also, therefore, I do believe it just perpetuates the idea then that I'm busy. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like, and I don't want it to ever be like, I used to be like, I used to actually say busy as a badge of honor. You know yes, what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. And so that was like, felt so gross and icky and so silly that now I don't even like saying that I'm busy, but the truth is sometimes it's just true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so just trying to balance self-care, coaching, oh, creating this program. I have some travel coming up. I just feel like it's, it's, yeah, it's funny that I can manage to be busy even in a pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Kylie? How are you? Uh, I am, my life is quiet in a way that it hasn't been in forever. And I'm really grateful for that. Like I took my kids to this pond. There's a pond that's like 45 minutes from where we live. Uh, And there's like a teeny little beach and I maybe park illegally to go to the teeny beach in this pond and nobody was there. And it was like Mm. just the three of us and this like perfect crystal clear lake and hawks of course you guys know me and hawks oh are like flying around overhead and the sun is shining and then my daughter pooped she wasn't wearing a swim diaper so then i had that was a whole thing but oh, no one was no. there so she just like ran around naked <laughs> yeah. it was she got really mad when i cleaned her bathing suit and put it back on she was like i want to be naked of course of course kids are know what's up they know that being naked is like yeah she so was good. like pulling at her bathing suit and like like yeah yeah, and it's all wet. Wait, yeah. so what is the what's the weather right now in like around? It's, it's hot. It's actually it's it's been really hot and um but like what degrees? Oh, I don't do numbers either. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, I hear you. I hear you. If you have to take a guess, I like literally like you don't check like the weather like on your app? No. Oh wow. No. So I like, can't even tell you how many times I've been caught in the rain without an umbrella because I just like I don't even think of it. I don't think of it. Although oh, I am, you are like blowing my mind right now. Really? I am like an avid weather checker. Oh. I like have to check the weather every day. It doesn't matter where I live. I just want to know. That's so interesting. I didn't yeah. What oh, if- that's fascinating. Yeah, because I don't know, like especially now, it doesn't matter. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah, I guess that's true. You're blowing my mind. Like this level of flexibility of like, oh, I don't need to care about the weather. <laughs> like, shit, girl, you free. <laughs> oh, um, that's so funny. I'm just like, um, hate, at this point, I'm just hate checking my app right now because every day it's like 115, 114, yeah, 116. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
No, I don't know. I also like, I don't know, maybe a little more, I also feel like I can tell, like I, I maybe just kind of enjoy the process of like looking outside and like going out. I think I actually, you're helping me articulate, I think I kind of enjoy the process of like figuring the weather out. Oh my God, you're such a daredevil. You like, daredevil. Like, <laughs> well, no, what I mean is like figuring out it was like in the morning when you're like looking for, at it from outside and then you like go out on the porch to like feel the temperature mm-hmm. to like get a sense of like, oh, okay, it's going to be, it's like warm, but it's warm in a way that it's like going to stay, there's like a breeze versus like, oh, it's already really humid. And I think I just enjoy that more than like some... Just like yeah, no, I get it. The numbers. I yeah. get that. That that yeah. to me sounds like, well, it does feel like to me, this is what I'm saying. Like I'm such a stickler for these things that it feels like a daring way to live. But <laughs> what you're saying is really resonating with me. I talk about at the end of this podcast, y'all are going to hear me talk about this book that I'm obsessed with right now, but it sounds like coming back to the roots of how we used to live and not having that being dictated by technology and a number and an app. It's like, let me go outside and sense the weather. Let me go outside and like be with the weather and like which is funny because like I'm not someone who's like super like which is why it's interesting that you're making me realize that I enjoy this process because I'm not like miss like you know lick my finger and know that it's <laughs> the wind is 45 like I, you know I'm no, not but like it seems like this is intuitive to you it just seems yeah. like it's a natural way that's a fisherman so like literally like the soundtrack to the weather channel is like one of the prime like musical soundtracks of my childhood mm-hmm. like the weather was just like you live in the ocean when your dad's a fisherman, like the weather is like another character in the house. It's like a language. So, yeah. But that yeah. would make me, but that to me would say that you check the weather, but I, it sounds but I, like I you. I think that maybe I just absorbed like an awareness of like, of weather. Wow. In a way I actually that I didn't... really love this. This is really cool. This, I, I feel like I'm feeling cooler as we're talking about <laughs> this. I'm not. <laughs> no, seriously. This is like, it's kind of opening up my eyes to like, oh, wow, a different, it seems simple, but any method or way in which I can connect more, I think with like nature yeah. is, feels very welcoming to me. So I also have to say for you in living in Phoenix, it also feels like why are you checking the weather? Because <laughs> it's just going to be fucking hot every yeah. day. Like where I live, at least like the weather changes from day to day. Yeah. Like, yeah. What new information are you Exactly. Getting? That's why I said I'm hate checking, hate checking the weather, which you're pointing out to me is very like sadistic. It's true. Yeah. yeah you're right. I'm, maybe I'm not, not going to do that. No, because it's just bringing all this neg, like this negative energy into my life. And I'm just like mm-hmm. a- angry every day at the weather. And maybe I don't need to do that. <laughs> yeah. My son did the other day. I don't know why. Well, when we play superheroes, I'm Storm. So there's that. So I guess. Oh my God. Is- I love that. But the other day he did hold up his hand to go, well, let me check the weather on my app. <laughs> And it was like pretending to swipe his hand phone. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> oh, and also, yeah, that's crazy though. Cause he's like, how old is he? Three? He's three and a half. And okay. Speaking God. of my son, I have a Desi story for everybody. Yes, yes, yes. We, I've been wanting to hear this story. For Hello Universe. And some of you in our Facebook group may have already seen a preview of this because I did make a post about it. But the other night I was, we were going to bed and I was reading this, reading a book and the book is signed like from some family friends. And so I was like, you know, love, you know, Nikki and Will. <laughs> he goes, he just looks up at me out of nowhere and goes, is Nikki, are Nikki and Will going to die soon? So 
that was it. We were having that conversation and, um, and you're like, yeah, I, here, here we go. <laughs> and I, I actually do have a, a personal friend and mentor who's dying, but Desi doesn't know him. So it's not something that I've spoken about with him. So which I was, I do think like kids are psychic and they catch up, pick up on this shit because like, why are we talking? Why is he talking about death on the day that I found out my friend is dying? Cause yeah. he knows, cause he knows. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so we're having this whole conversation and like, <laughs> the classic advice for the, this sort of thing. So it just started with, are they going to die soon? Am I going to die soon? Are you going to die soon? Mm-hmm. What happens when we die? Like all the questions. And the classic advice is to turn around and say, um, well, I don't know. What do you think? Mm-hmm. But this is what Desi says when I say, I don't know. What do you think? And he goes, come on, mom. Just <laughs> tell me. Yeah. Come on. He's too smart for that shit. He's like, come on. I don't want to wait for the answer. I just want to know what you think. Yeah. Um, so, uh, the saddest part of it is when, because I was like trying to be really honest, right? Like yeah. you don't want to make a big deal about things, but I also don't want to like lie. So when he was like, well, am I going to die? That was like his second question. Like he got there fast. And I was like, well, your body will die. Like your soul is forever, you know, but, but yeah, at some point your body will die. And he just, his whole face crumpled. Oh, no, Kylie. He goes, he goes, I'm I'm not gonna die. Oh my god. I was like, okay, sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh um, my god. Oh so that just made that, my heart heart ache a little bit. That's what he said. It was really sad. Cause like, yeah, like the moment like recognize realizing your own mortality is fucking bleak like yeah that's weird i don't remember when i like learned about death but uh, i don't uh, remember when i learned about death but i do remember like going through an existential crisis as a kid about like what happens when you die and like it was really lonely for me i don't know see i never went through that and i'm actually freaked out that i've actually i will say this because it's true but like i have not had anyone super super like in my immediate super close family die yet all four of my grandparents are still around which is like a crazy thing to say about their good like good genes but my point is i'm wondering if that's coming because i never Mm. had an existential crisis about death so maybe i'm gonna have one in my 30s the existential crisis that you have around death as a child is different i think than the Mm. one you have as an adult because as a child i think it's like oh good so i have something to look forward to yeah yeah yours will be different (laughs) because you have like all of these like you can go read books but like you have this deep spirituality and like you already feel like you have a connection to your ancestors and you have like resources when you're a kid there's something like for me at least it was like oh none of this i have no control this terrible Mm. thing is coming and i have no control yeah which also mirrored like already having kind of a traumatic chaotic childhood you know um so your existential crisis will be will be a piece of cake in comparison <laughs> no existential crisis is ever a piece of cake those are the two those were sent those two. <laughs> you are a liar <laughs> yeah those two things can't go in the same sentence together but i hear what you're saying it is gonna be a different experience yeah okay so sorry going back to desi no that's okay so uh so he had this whole litany of questions and i just he's a really literal kid which really makes me laugh because i'm not particularly literal so like he wanted very kind of very tangible answers which of course you can't give mm-hmm. um he did uh and and it's weird too because like 
I try to talk about my spirituality with him, but he's just not interested in talking about it. So mm. like he will say these really wildly profound things to me, but then is not available for follow-up. Like <laughs> I know he has his own experiences, but when I try to like share from a language perspective, he's just, he's just not, he just is, tunes out and runs away mm -hmm. and we don't go to church so trying to create a common language with for him in this moment without drawing on like church or like it, it that's actually what felt hard because i think then i was like well your soul is forever and he was like what's a soul yeah <laughs> like, yeah well <laughs> that's a good question yeah or and then i said something i forget why but i said something about angels and he was like what's an angel and i was like uh, oh yeah you're like whoa like there's a lot like, of learning to do here angel because i thought angel was like a more accessible term than like your you know ascended masters like, <laughs> <you know? laughs> oh man. and then i tried and then i tried to open my akashic records to like share like some like answers from that perspective which was like but he he was like not interested in that it was just the whole thing was very interesting and I think it was, like, I don't think it did a terrible job, but the real victory was that when he asked, what's an angel? I said, angels are like superheroes. <laughs> angels are superheroes and they work with divine love, I think is what I said. Oh my and God. Like, Genius. That a That's a yeah. good mom moment right there. Wow. Yeah. So, you know, he's decided he's not ever going to die and he still doesn't know what a soul is <laughs> or anything else, but he's yeah. a superhero so oh my god that um, is like so wise i'm because now i can use that you know like when i am lost there are superheroes out there somewhere yeah. looking over me who can come in and yeah like yeah guide and save and all this stuff Ugh. and their power their powers right like a spider-man's power is to like spin webs which also just as an aside this is a conversation i have with my husband often spider-man is useless outside of manhattan because his whole power <laughs> is that he swings from tall building to tall building. No, he's so, he, he could do okay in a forest. There was there was, so. there has been Spider Man in the forest. Okay, mm -hmm. but you're right. You're right. In L A, he'd be kind of screwed. Yes, or, or like Oklahoma absolutely. or like Iowa. Yeah. No. Like all Doc Ock had to do was go to Oklahoma. <laughs> oh my god, that is so funny. so funny. Um, but I will say, anybody who's listening, um, I it it has made me um on the market now for some books to like share spirituality in a way that like is accessible and also not prescriptive mm -hmm. right because I, I i don't want to put too much of my own filter on desi's experience but also i don't want to leave him without mm -hmm. any sense of yeah. like any anchor so if anyone's listening and has good recommendations please come to our facebook group hello universe podcast community or dm me and share your tips yeah so that's my awesome that's a beautiful yeah. story thank you for sharing yeah. yeah it was it was like sad and terrifying and hilarious all at the same time yeah well and it's a conversation to be continued i imagine yeah lots, yeah lots and it lasted oh it was actually so we always record on monday nights and it was for a community we weren't recording that night and so i was like oh i'm not recording hello universe but like i'll go to sleep early no instead i had to have a very difficult yeah, how, long, how long how long it was, was like 40 minutes like oh, maybe wow. but well like the whole bedtime it was a long time that we were having this cup like longer than usual Whoa. um so Whoa, yeah, maybe not big... 40 minutes that's not that's it was probably it wasn't that long but it was yeah. 
that's a big that's a big night for a three-year-old big big night for big for three-year-old but a bigger night for the mom (laughs) and then he kept coming and then he kept being like i'm scared and i was like yeah no shit you're scared (laughs) like he couldn't sleep and i was like yeah yeah i know oh he's retired so okay yeah good uh all right so you yeah you want to do some promotion yeah let's do some promotions let's do our whole promotion speaking in stereo Um, my promotion, what am I promoting? Well, uh, if you've been listening, you know, I'm working on a new project, a new program, four weeks long, a spiritual growth program. I still don't know what it's called. It's still in, I'm still in the creative process. Um, this is kind of, um, a a call or there was an answer to, I think the idea of, you know, I'm being booked with clients, but also wanting to be able to provide a service, still wanting to be able to um, connect with people or for people who just, you know, are interested in doing group work that they can do on their own rather than doing one-on-one, whatever it may be. It's finally happening. I'm very excited about it. Um, like, like truly I'm excited about it because you have a date, like, or do you have a target date? I do. Yes. So actually it's going to be a while because I have kind of other stuff that I'm, that's going on in my life just personally. So I've given myself some time and let's see, it's going to run in November. And so sign up is going to be in October. So All right. get ready. Yep. I mean, once the time comes, you'll probably be hearing me talking about it a whole bunch, but as of now, um, there is a waiting list. So if this is, if you've been ever been interested in working with me, if you want to sign up for some awesome bonuses and discounts, um, you can just send me a message at boss at, at com or message me at bad bitch living or email me or whatever it is. Um, and you can just get your name on the wait list and you'll be kind of one of the first people to know. And I guess I'll just leave it at that. I just want you to know that I'm really excited about it. I think it's going to be really fucking good. I, which is like, I can't believe I'm saying that because normally actually I feel like, like, you know, I'll feel not sure. I'll be like, is this good? I don't know. I'll do like the whole egg walking on eggshells thing. But like, I don't know. It's one of those things where I'm like, holy shit, like this, this is going to be so useful. Mm. I think it's easier for me to say that now that I've had, you know, experience coaching a bunch of people because I'm just taking all the themes that constantly sort of come up and distilling it. And so that experience I think is very valuable. Anyway, um, if you're interested, I would love to hear from you and hopefully we can work together in November. Yeah. Yeah. So that's me. Kylie, what about you? So uh, either you'll be coaching everybody through like the existential grief of a horrible election result or- Yep. Yep. Um, so, uh, I have been working with a number of clients. Um, I've like kind of covertly built something. You guys know me, like I have a new idea all the time. I've learned I'm a manifesting generator, so I'm supposed to do that. (laughs) Um, uh, but I've been, I've covertly built this three month pack, like container where I've been working with clients to sort of like facilitate transformation with the records. So, you know, each session, one-on-one sessions, I always kind of help get some clarity on what needs releasing. And then we go into the records to kind of under have greater awareness and then do some healing work and some release. But this is, um, so what was happening again and again was that I was like connecting with people and then I could like see the future iterations of work that could be done in the records. Right. And, and, and then these amazing people were like going on with their life. And I was like, 
I just could, I kept getting these snapshots of like just the future healing that was possible. So anyways, I haven't actually talked about it this month that much, but as a true sign of things being in alignment, I have like five people that I'm doing this work with without having actually talked about it. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's like so affirming and like, it's just incredible to watch uh, what we're able to unpack and release um, when we kind of set the intention to do that, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So anyways, if that speaks to you, if you are interested in, um, you know, if you're in particular, the people that uh, I work with are always people in a moment of transition. So if you're in a moment of transition and that can be like a transition can be lots of different things. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, if that, if you've been curious about the work that I do, or if you've had a one individual session and you got a lot out of it and, uh, you know, the work that I talk about doing like speaks to you. Um, I now have this three month container that, um, I kind of can feel some tears as I'm talking about this. Like it's actually, uh, fucking amazing. So, um, message me if you want to, if you want to chat and see if it's a good fit for you. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. To have a way to carry on this work. Yeah. 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 It's, um, it's really fun. It's really, um, yeah, well, it's con- kind of actually as a transition to our beautiful guest. One of the themes we talk about a lot in this episode is like the power of actually doing healing work. Right. Mm-hmm. And like the power of like really honoring your own journey and like letting things go that aren't yours to hold on to that your body is holding on to which is the work that Beth our guest today also does in in her modality and I just think like more and more it's like I just feel like that shit is so valuable and so underutilized this ability to like what if you actually just released all the crap that Mm -hmm. is not yours that you're carrying around like what if you didn't believe you had to like you know, because your parents and your grandparents and your great grandparents were all like, you know, shitty and unkind in this particular way that you have to carry that. Not shitty, and that's not that's judgment. Yeah, but like, I know you, you know mean. what I'm trying yeah. to say. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. what if you got to let it go? Yeah, I mean, I, isn't that what this life is all about? I kind of feel like that's yes. what the second the second half this whole journey is about, is like letting it all go. I feel like we do a lot of picking up until at some point mm. we like wake up and then it's the whole other half of the journey is like letting go. Mm. But oh, I like that. That's yeah. yeah, yeah. And then I'm sure we pick up other stuff along. Continue to pick up other stuff along the way. That's probably not helpful too. But yes, I hear you. Yeah, the letting go. And yeah, so um, let's introduce this week's guest. Yeah. Yeah. So our guest today is Beth Porter and she uh, just is gentle and wise and thoughtful and a great storyteller. Um, She combines intuitive gifts as a seer and healer with these really powerful transformational tools and guides you in what she says, unblocking your shit and rediscovering what your soul is here to be. (laughs) Yeah. And we talk about a lot this in in the episode, which is like this idea of being whole and like how she came to do that through, you know, her own personal journey, you know, lots of ups and downs was I think shedding, letting go of stuff. Yeah. 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 Um, And yeah, it's just this, like every episode is one where it was hard for us to stop because we just kept finding new layers of like depth and um you know Beth is just someone who I think holds space really 
beautifully. So this conversation is, it's, it's exactly what I always hope that our episodes will be, which is that it goes really deep places without taking itself too seriously. Yes. So. Oh, so well said. That's what this yeah. whole, that's what I want this whole podcast to be. Yeah. That's like basically our mission. Yeah, this is our motto. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So you guys will love it. Yeah. Enjoy. We're so excited for this week. Welcome to the show, Beth Porter. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, so uh, I know you listen to the show, so you you know our first question, um, which is, what is spirituality for you and how does it show up in your everyday life? Yes, so I've given some thought to this, again, because I listen to your show and it's funny hearing different people's takes and how bits and pieces of it feel like it really resonates with you and then parts of what people say, you're like, mm, no, that doesn't feel right for me. <laughs> um, so I really, you know, s- spent some time thinking about it before hopping on today. And what keeps coming back for me is this concept of wholeness, part of my mm-hmm. healing journey. And what I share with my clients is really helping us to reclaim and take all those parts of us that we've shattered into different places or fragmented and pulled into, um, you know, reinvited them back into ourselves. Mm-hmm. And because of that concept, I feel that spiritual spirituality has become sort of like everything. Like it's, mm-hmm. which sounds super broad and um, maybe a little elusive or cheesy. But what I mean by that is, you know, there's an opportunity for me to be in spirituality at any moment of time, particularly <laughs> in the hard parts, particularly when I'm frustrated or in an argument with somebody I care about or um, feeling really, you know, down on myself or something or having a, just whatever, the hard stuff. And so I felt like I couldn't really separate. To me, I felt like if I was like, spirituality is this thing that I dip in and out Mm. of, that would then be again, like me um, not owning all parts of my existence and me, which again, personally, I found very healing to continue to keep bringing back into wholeness. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it makes so much and it's so well articulated, so well said. I have found that to be true. Like a lot of the people, a lot of the guests that come through, I don't think your answer is cheesy. A lot of them, I think the deeper we go, the more we realize, oh, it is everything. And I yeah. think it's yeah. for so many of us, it's not inseparable from our like everyday lives yeah i just really like your point about like to deny that spirituality is everything that everything spirituality is just another version of fragmenting ourselves that really speaks to me yeah 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 and i think it's sort of like as i was thinking about it i'm like well it's sort of a lens that you choose to put Mm -hmm. on you know it's like oh i guess i'm choosing to see life in this way and i'm choosing i really want my life to feel I literally want my life to feel like it's magical. So then I walk around looking for magic, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Oh my God. You know, looking for the connections and getting really excited when something happens um, that feels like that. And so I think it can also just be the lens that I'm choosing to walk through life with. Yes. I guess. But I feel so strongly about that. Like, <laughs> like I think that right. is a sign of resilience, right? Like that's, mm-hmm. to me anything that helps us get us through life, which is already, you know, difficult on its own means that, that that's a strength. While while some people, I think the cynics might say looking for magic is just like, um, you know, it could be sound like you said, cheesy, but I actually think 
life is all perspective, right? This is like the same message that people are saying over and over again, regardless of your, your spiritual or psychological, it's all perspective. So it's like, this is the perspective that we intentionally choose to help us get through some shit that's probably going to be kind of hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like, we're allowed to want to be happy. Yes. <laughs> so. Yes. Yeah. And I think the more you like look for life to be magical, the more magic you find like my family um my family gets like super excited and this was way before we had kids we get really really excited when we see like birds and small animals you know like um and it actually started after my great aunt died she was like the master of like acknowledging tiny magical things um but like it's to the point it's so common now that my whole family like all four of us get so excited that we're like it's a blue jay that when people don't have that reaction i'm so confused i'm like guys a great blue heron just flew by and we're like oh that, that's that's cool and i'm like that is not enough <laughs> excitement <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah i think the more and like it feels so good to be excited about these things it feels so good to just like revel in the magic of these things which i guess so my question to you is where what feels magical to you right like are are, are you are you out on level where like the dishes feel magical or are there specific things that... <laughs> oh man i wish yeah. um actually you know i let the dishes be a moment for my mind to be kind of blank mm -hmm. you know so i tend to be a very highly um mentally active person so no magic to me is those it, it often comes through with people, mm -hmm. so connections with people, um, and how little synchronicities kind of come together. Um, I also think there have been times in my life where I've, you know, sort of spent time maybe meditating or thinking about the way that I want to feel in a certain situation, and then arriving in that situation and actually feeling that way. That feels like magic, or having moments show up that feel really, I mean, what's coming... Can I tell a story? Yeah. Oh, yes. We okay. love stories. Of course. We love stories. Oh, okay. So, yeah. And I, I shared this because I was in your course. So I feel like I should mention that, the Akashic Records course. Just a quick plug that like everybody should take that <laughs> if you are interested in the Akashic Records. Well, actually, I could even talk about that, how I came to the course. Yeah. So, you know, Akashic Records has been sort of orbiting my mind for a few years. But the first time I heard about it, I like like quickly rejected it. And then just like anything else that oh my god meant same to be. I was like that's fucking bananas. <laughs> I was like um eh, a little too much for me. Like what the who who told you to say what <laughs> the messages like all of it was just like a little yeah. a little much yeah. for me like three years ago. Yeah. And and then yeah the more and more I've gotten into my practice which has come from more of like a sort of grounded more scientific side I guess um or it feels very grounded to me I have opened up to channeling and then yes then I heard you speaking about. The records just totally, you know, and I'm using quotes randomly, um, you were speaking about the course and I just immediately felt connected to your energy, Kylie. And I just knew in that moment that I needed to sign up. And so that I was, I mean, it was like, I was pulled in that direction mm -hmm. and showing up there and just being able to connect with all of the wonderful humans in that space and how that has evolved. Um, my, the way I'm even sharing my work now is bringing more people into my life that feel super aligned to me mm -hmm. and is sort of allowing me to show up more in my, my wholeness, like in all the things that I find really exciting and inspiring, uh, without shame or without fear that I'm like, Oh, now I'm too like 
out there because I'm talking about Akashic Records. So that felt very magical, being kind of led to the course. And then, you know, three, what, a month later, now I'm here, I'm talking to you guys on the podcast. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. So that's an example of how it shows up. It feels like um, it can be that, but it can also be like, I just did this seven day Lakshmi, um, goddess Lakshmi, heart of abundance, uh, daily meditation that I shared with people for like 15 minutes every morning. And one of the days I decided, or I just felt called to pull a goddess card. And then one jumped, like literally shot out of my hands across the room and I had to like get up and go get it. And I was like, well, I guess you want to be part of today. <laughs> and of course I pull it and it's Lakshmi. <laughs> and I was like, what? You know, so just like moments like Can you that. Say, but, yes, what think, is she the goddess though? Can you tell us a little bit about her? Oh yeah. So Lakshmi is the goddess of wealth and abundance, prosperity. Um, mm. She works with, you know, the material world. And I like tuning into her to sort of help me. Um, the energy that I feel when I tune into her energy is very, um, it's like super fun and mm. playful. Like I feel like what I would, I've never been to Bali, but I feel like the way I would feel if I were in Bali, just out in nature and sort of dancing and, um, being very free and open and, mm-hmm. and playful. Um, and I tend to be super, I'm just, you know, sort of regimented and, uh, serious a lot of the time. So it's very helpful for me to into her energy. So I was, I was doing that by myself. And then I was like, I really want to share this with other people. So, but it was so cool to pull that card. You know, I wasn't pulling cards every day and for that to come out, you know, in that morning. And I wasn't even planning on sharing it with anyone, but I was like, well, this clearly needs to be shared. So yeah, magic, magic moments like that. Or yeah, Yeah. seeing animals that mean something to you, anything. But it's interesting because I do think it is perspective because it's like, it is the difference between how you choose the world. Someone can see that card falling out and be like, eh, that was just, eh, you know, that just a uh, coincidence or not attribute any meaning to it, right? Like these moments are whether mm. we choose, what's like, can we see them? First of all, because I think that it requires us to be in like a more heart open space. Because I know for myself, when I'm in a bad place, I don't see them. I don't see it because yeah. I don't have the perspective, right? Like if I'm depressed or if I'm feeling negative or super stressed out, I just notice my heart, the way, only way I can explain it is like heart closing. And then I don't see the signs. And then when I'm like, you know, feeling better or making an effort to just open my heart, then I can like start seeing them and I will allow them to mean something. Whereas I think it's just a difference of perspective. Someone else might be like, they don't think it means anything. Yeah. 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 Totally. And I used to totally be that way as well. Like, yeah, it almost felt unsafe to allow that to be true, you know, or to, to like, choose that, that to be something that's special for you. And then it's like, well, if it's special, might as well ride that wave of specialness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that super resonates, but can you say more about this idea of like, I, I think you just touched on something really meaningful. What a, why would it feel for you at least, why did it feel unsafe to sort of claim these like synchronicities or messages or whatnot as meaningful? Mm, well, I feel like we need to go into a session. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, what comes forward when you say that and when I was initially saying that was just that I think I spent a long, I spent the early part of my years, um, I grew up in a pretty traditional or conservative Christian family, uh, went to one of the mega churches, that kind of thing. So to me, I spent a lot of time uh, looking outside of myself for the permission and for Mm -hmm. that essence of God, essentially, and very much a rule follower, like still have a hard time. I'm this weird combination of rule follower, but then I inherently 
break the rules whenever I'm like trying to be authentic, but unintentionally sort of. So I still find this way to like navigate inside of rules, but doing my own thing Mm -hmm. now. But, um, you know, when I was growing up and sort of programmed that this is, there's a certain way for you to receive life and you have to do it this, this certain way. I spent a long time, uh, in that sort of dogma. And then I rejected it completely for years. And I was like, fuck all that noise. Oh yeah. Um, you no, you, you totally yeah. swear. Yeah, you're cool. good. <laughs> um, yeah, I was like, done with that. I can't, like, I just needed to escape that. And also it was like darker, difficult times in my life. And then, um, yeah, and then I, I started just feeling, I think, ultimately called to shift something. And then it's had to become, I've had to, yeah, build the practice of allowing. And then when I've been able to see moments and gl- glimpses of, you know, back then it was probably more like relief then relief felt like safety. And then safety was like, oh, you're allowed to actually feel this way and um, explore this concept of believing life this way, which is completely opposite of what you were told when you were a child. And, mm-hmm. you know, on it, you know, overtly and uh, under the radar told, I think a lot of us kind of had that experience. Yeah. So yeah, it didn't feel safe because I think I grew up thinking that you weren't allowed to, I mean, I wasn't allowed to look at astrology. I like, my dad mm. didn't even want me to read like Harry Potter because there's yeah. witches, you know? So it was like pretty, uh, so I think he's a little, he's a little fearful of like where I've gone. <laughs> so, okay. That was totally <laughs> my next question. Yeah, can we like, talk about that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My friend just texted me. I was telling her how like, he's very, my, my parents are super supportive of me and they, they love and adore me and I, they've always had my back. But as I've, you know, I, I graduated college with a fashion degree and then I worked for Target, like designing kids clothes. So they had something really awesome to talk about. Like my daughter designs clothes for Target. I can go into the store and say, she did this. Mm-hmm. I can take yeah. pictures with her, you know, of her with it. Yeah. It was very tangible for them. Yeah. And I, you know, was this like shining light and did really well in school and all that stuff, which is wonderful. And as I've shifted over the years, um, they still carry this wonderful support. Yet my, my mom is way more open and she's just, she's super intuitive and there's just, she's super intuitive. So mm-hmm. even though I don't think she tunes into it all the time, it's like, I can remember these beautiful moments from childhood, but my dad still lives pretty from like a fear space. So mm-hmm. my friend was just texting me the other day. She's like scaring dad since 1986, <laughs> like, <that's laughs> but I've always scared him. Like I'm super adventurous. I've moved all over. Mm-hmm. We got married. My husband and I got married in Norway on a mountain, like without people with, you know, we had a small crew. So um, I don't know where I was going with that, but just, yeah, breaking out of what I thought was safe and rediscovering what can be safe, you know, within me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, I think that kind of flows naturally into talking more about your journey and how, like what that transition was it from what sounds like a really, you know, respectable sort of like, um, like that's the kind of job that our parents, you know, if you're not a doctor or a lawyer, like our parents want us to do something cool. You like, you know, like design clothes for Target. It's, yeah. it's like stable, you know, that kind of thing. Super stable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. can you talk about the transition? Sure. Yeah. So uh, I graduated college in 2008, 2009. So, um, and I got the job offer in 2008. So I was one of like two or three people in my class that had an offer during that time. And yeah, it felt because really? it was a global recession. Like that was, yes. that was, that was, that was the <laughs> other, we've already forgotten about that, but that was Don't the forget. other recession. <laughs> it was like a really big deal that, yeah. you know, and my program um, is really well known for placing students outside of college, like the design pro where the school I went to um, 
combined, you know, I had six internships that I was required to get. And oh, it was wow. like part, so it was a five-year program. It was a really intense design school. Um, and they were just super heavy on like the practicality of like you making money after college. Like this, we're not like a fine arts. They had a fine arts program. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, yeah. And it, so most other fashion programs are not like that. And I always like felt like I had a leg up because I had more professional experience. So when, so yeah, going through that program was incredible. It was hard. It was all the things. Um, but it showed me that, um, you know, I, I learned how to like navigate those spaces and the, you know, and the politics and mm-hmm. learned that I'm really good at climbing ladders if you put one in front of me. Um, <laughs> but then I, I was there and honestly, like my first few months, I just remember sitting in front of my computer screen and just like, like about to like burst inside. Like I did not know what was going on. It was so hard for me to, uh, I didn't feel respected there. Like my internship was incredible. And I, there are so, I just have to say that there's so, so, so many wonderful, beautiful people that work there and talented designers. And um, I personally love buying my clothes <laughs> from Target. They're very bright and colorful <laughs> in a world where boys often get like navy and black. So, you know. Yeah, there's intentionality around that for sure. And I really loved the messaging around designing for all. So making clothing accessible for all. I had a, my upbringing, I was very poor and in a school where I couldn't buy the clothes I wanted to buy. So that's why I became a fashion designer so that I could finally fit in as my 12 year old self back in the day. I love that. (laughs) Sweet, sweet 12 year old Beth. But, um, but yes, as I, you know, first got there and started working in the corporate pace, um, I just quickly, I felt so torn, like that I was so lucky and so grateful and very like, almost like that. Oh, thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. Um, Mm -hmm. But I really had a hard time actually feeling like what I was doing day to day. I could not give less shits about it. It was so mm. hard. We would be- Ugh, That's like yeah. the worst feeling, the, especially the feeling of, I should feel gratitude. Like how often do we hear that, right? Like I should feel grateful because I have this and that really can keep us super Trapped. stuck. Especially yeah. when it's something that I think you've wanted, right? Totally. Like this, yeah. I wanted yeah, it so yeah. bad. I wanted stability. <laughs> I, you know, again, grew up not stable and uh, I felt very proud of my accomplishment. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I was getting, I even negotiated a higher salary than my peers because Oh, wow. I, yes, like, girl. I've had six You know I love that shit yeah. so much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm worthy, you know? I mean, so totally. it was like all the stuff. And then I got there and it was such a disappointment. And I would go home mm. and cry. And my boyfriend at the time would be like, why did we move our lives out here? Because we had to move from Ohio to Minneapolis. Um, so it was a big mm. change. And, uh, but again, met wonderful people. I stayed there for almost four years. And, but it, I would just be in these meetings where, you know, I'm designing clothes for, I mean, I first started for a newborn and then I did infant toddler and then I did big kids. So I essentially like grew up as I was going, getting, getting promoted <laughs> mm-hmm. there and which was all great. And we could, tra- we traveled, like I went to New York and stayed in fancy hotels and it was, oh my God, yeah. yeah, we went shopping for our job. I mean, I hate shopping now, but we shopped. It was <laughs> like, I had these like tastes and moments of luxury, which, which I really appreciated. Um, mm-hmm. And I had a lot of opportunity to grow there and I was respected and all that stuff. But, you know, when you're sitting in a meeting and people that are really, really bright are fighting over the color pink and the right shade that we need to be putting on this two-year-old's top, like, and it's like a big freaking deal. I just would sit in these meetings and write, if I could do, I would just like brainstorm, if I could do anything, if money didn't matter, 
what would I do? Mm. And I kept coming back to like, I had a yoga teacher that was through Target actually, because Target paid for company yoga. I had a yoga teacher that um, really started, I started opening, that's like my gateway, I think, into this spiritual space, which I think is common for a lot of people. Again, tried yoga in college though, hated it. So it was like, I have this like pattern of like, didn't like this thing, but it comes back and it's really meaningful. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, it afforded me the time to explore these things in a safe way where I wasn't just like, but I wanted to just like jump off the cliff and like do something else like immediately. What's funny Mm -hmm. is that since I've had um, birth chart readings and astrological worked with different astrologers in 2009 is when my midheaven moved into cancer. So my midheaven and my birth chart is Gemini. Um, which I won't get into, you know, all the details. You don't have to explain this. We yeah. are total, like total yeah, we, news. Yeah. Right. I'll give you like, just, I, I am not an astrologer. So I feel like I should say that I work with astrology in certain ways and I pick up, well, cause I'm a midheaven and Gemini, I pick up what I think is important. And then I share those pieces. And so a midheaven and Gemini would, well, midheaven, first of all, is, um, it shows where, like how you're going to show up in the public stage. So usually career. Um, so you can kind mm. of get a sense of what your birth chart sign is and understand inherently how you tune into those energies to kind of project into your career space. So for me, it's Gemini. That is ideas, sharing information, learning different facts. Like, And it's very like, it's an air sign. So it's very like flowy and fluid. So if I'm learning, learning, mm-hmm. learning, and I'm not getting it out, then I get like stuck mm-hmm. and, and trapped. Mm. Or if I'm just speaking without learning anything else new, then I'm just like speaking hot air. So it's a balance of understanding like when to be um, sharing and when to be learning more. Yeah. So that's going to okay. like be, and I'm going to be dipped into all these different things. So I can't like, that was the thing with design, designing infant, toddler, girl tops, because at one point that was literally all I was in charge of. I wanted mm-hmm. to go bonkers. Like can't find yeah, a new, um, you know, right. there's no trend you can really pull into that anyway. So in 2009, <laughs> this is only so many like auntie thinks I'm the oh best. My gosh. And, like, right. <laughs> how many different like ruffles can you put on the sleeve and like puffs and, you know, I was doing it for like, that is one of my pet peeves about children's clothing is that baby girl onesies have these like short little ruffly sleeves and I feel like her shoulders are cold all the time and I just wish they had regular <laughs> sleeves the same as my son so that she wasn't unnecessarily cold. Exactly. My- <laughs> all right, if y'all, if anyone else is there listening, I think she's on something. This is good, so best, good for other people. Best former's coworkers, this mom. Gonna yeah. me. From a consumer standpoint has really good feedback, I think. Absolutely. <laughs> also, fuck the patriarchy. Right. Sorry. <laughs> No, it's, it's true though. You know, like, yeah. So there just wasn't, I didn't have enough creative outlet there um, in that role. And I was like trying to grow and express and I just felt very contained and trapped and not supported in that way. Um, But the, so my, I learned that my midheaven in 2009 moved into cancer, which is really embodying more of this like uh, mother healer energy essentially. And Mm. it's going to be in, cancer for a little while and then it will continue moving as my life goes on. I think I have like another 10 years or something like of it being in cancer. Uh, but it makes sense. Like all that clicked. I was like, Oh my God. And 2009 was literally when I like finally stepped out into this fancy career that I got myself. And then I wanted to like, I felt like I was crazy. Mm. I felt like I was crazy. And mm. you know, I had a 401k and people were helping me like choose stock options and like all the, you know, all the safety. So anyway, I can talk about that forever. Uh, but it took a series of many years. I mean, it's 2020 now. I've, I've been studying the uh, modality that I work with for about three years. Three years. I've been in practice for about two and a half, like moonlighting. Uh, but the full calling to do this came about four years ago, maybe. 
uh, where I finally could hear and be fully open. But the series of steps that happened along the way was, you know, my mom got sick when I was working for Target uh, and a lot of it was lifestyle. And so I like took a leave of absence for five weeks. I went back to Cincinnati and I basically was her personal trainer or whatever for literally eight to five. I would go meet her at home, take her to whatever doctor's appointment. I taught her how to cook for herself and eat whole foods and watched her lose 50 pounds in five weeks, which was insane and get her to like go back into, um, like light movement. And so at that time I was like, maybe I'll become a nutritionist. Like I really loved guiding her. Oh my God. Yeah. The phase when like anytime you're like good at something and it's like slightly more rewarding than like drudgery that you're in, you're like, that's it. That I'm so desperate for an answer. Yeah. I needed to. And I just, I found that I was that person like in my crew even at Target, that was always sharing like the weird health stuff that I was interested in. Mm-hmm. And in Minneapolis, like the city is like <laughs> yeah. really, yeah, it's like, you're just like the one that's like bringing all that to people. And because of your yeah. natural excitement, you know, people will jump on board and sometimes they will, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm the kind of person that if you let me tell you, like I'm doing right now stuff, I will just mm-hmm. <laughs> tell you, you know? So yeah, um, yeah. So yeah that was really like early seeds. But yeah, I moved back to Cincinnati because I felt very called. I felt like it was time. Um, and she did, she's well now she's better. Uh, but then when I moved back, I was like, okay, well now I need boundaries. Like I need to go, you know, I can't be your personal yeah. trainer mm-hmm. or whatever or yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Caretaker, and yeah. so yeah. did that. And, uh, I was in a relationship for 10 years throughout the whole time. So from 17 to 27. So he had moved with me up to Minneapolis. He followed me there. Like he was just, we were fused, mm-hmm. uh, which I've shared with you guys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we were like besties. Um, and, Mm -hmm. but during the time of us being together, things got toxic. We just were no longer really, really working and some patterns were surfacing that, uh, I didn't realize at the time were that bad. We just always felt like Mm -hmm. we had a better relationship than our parents. So we were like, we're golden and we stayed together longer than any of our friends. So like the way we measured our Mm -hmm. success was a little bit, uh, unrealistic. Mm And yeah. when I was, uh, when we moved back, things got a lot worse and hanging out with some of his whole old friends and whatever we were getting into, I basically just had like an internal crisis. I was like, who the hell are you? Like I started mm-hmm. hating who I was when I was hanging out with his friends. I used to feel so bad about myself because a lot of them were these like guys that were just really immature. And they said really nasty things about women in front of me and mm-hmm. made me feel like I should be more attractive or sexier or like made me wonder if like they Mm. were talking about me behind my back and it just felt Mm. so ugly and my partner was not able to really like release himself from that space and like sort of come back to who I felt like he really was and I felt myself kind of drifting so we split after 10 years and um yeah wow yeah it must have been hard hard. (laughs) so hard because that's like your First of all, breakups yeah, are the worst. <laughs> and also 10 years is like, that's your, that's like, those are some formative yeah. years. So that's yeah. what, that's what you know. And that's like your whole foundation. whole foundation. And like the 17 to 27, like, like I met my husband when, when I was 18 and which is bananas to me, but like, you're like not, you're not, you're not no. a grown up when you're 17, 18 years old. You think you are, but you're not, right? But you <laughs> so actually are not. when you're <laughs> but when you're 27 you actually are so it's not just it's like these it's like that's just it's a window of time like you're you're literally growing up together you know and like shifting into adulthood yeah Yeah. when we just couldn't 
you know, couldn't find like a way to navigate it together that was actually healthy. And yeah, just when you see yourself Mm -hmm. feeling like you're somebody else, like, uh, and I mean, at the time now I know what was going on, but I would get so angry with him and like display these, you know, explosions of anger in public. Like when I drank a lot with him, like whenever I was drinking and, and just all those like really embarrassing, you know, and then would feel so embarrassed because Mm. when people met me or meet me, I've got really pale skin. I have a soft voice. I have this very like delicate kind of energy and when that was so opposite of like how I present, it would literally like freak people out and then freak myself out. And Mm. going back to what we were talking about earlier, like I would just disown that part of myself. So I would just be like shoving this like angry part of myself away. Mm. And I was so ashamed of like this demon that would come out of me. And I felt like so out of control and, um, oh, it was just such a yucky time. (laughs) So Yeah. 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 Oh God, I so relate to that. Like, um, cause I, I grew up with like a lot of anger in my household and like, I'm in a different place now, but for a good chunk of my life, I just had this, this, I, I like just this like kind of seething anger that was just like there, but also like, I very much was like totally disowned her. I've joked actually on the podcast before that like my shadow self is Bertha Mason from Jane Eyre, which is like the crazy angry lady in the, clo- in the attic who tries yeah. to burn the whole house down. Um, but like, I so know that feeling of like, A, people who know you not believing that you're someone who's capable of like real rage, right? And like, you're not allowed to be that way. Like that, yeah, Mm. which is in some ways, like, I always found that like affirming that I was like, yes, this isn't an authentic part of who I am, but then also it helps to reinforce that fragmentation you're talking about. That's like, that's right. Like that's not, that's just like, I'm just going to pretend it's not actually even happening somehow. And Mm. um, yeah, it's uh, yeah. I could talk about anger and rage because I'll say this one thing. This was like some, like a light bulb moment once that was like really profound for me um was the the difference between anger and rage that anger is like this very natural normal important function of protection and that rage is that like is a trauma response right Mm -hmm. so that feeling of like i have to make myself as big and scary and over the top and unhinged as possible because what i am reacting to is a belief that i inherently am not safe yeah Mm -hmm. whereas like anger it's like a healthy yeah. response to it's, a situation. Yeah, yeah. it's just giving yeah. you information. Yeah. So anyway, you that, know, and yeah, once it, yeah, once you suppress it, I mean, if you, anger does wild things to us, when we suppress it, it can turn into autoimmune. It's essentially the anger does not have anywhere else to go, and then it goes internally. So then, what's supposed to be healthy? So mm-hmm. I had also part of my journey was just crazy cystic acne for 17 years of my life that started just like at age 14ish before I met my first boyfriend. And then it just got worse and worse and worse throughout my time with him. And it was so devastating to my confidence. Mm. And, but it was, it wasn't until I was able to work through a lot of this anger and justified anger for experiences that I had in my earlier life. Justified anger is like a whole sneaky version of anger because you're allowed to have it. You're justified in this anger. So we like kind of hold on to it a little bit tighter than than some other types of anger. Um, You know, not just Mm -hmm. as information, but (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's like a badge yeah. of honor. Uh-huh. Because in a weird it way, it feels good. good. 
It feels gratifying. Yeah. You know, if I hold this anger, then it will punish this person or this scenario or whatever it is. And, but yeah, when you think about, you know, like for me, cystic acne, it's like the eruption, you know, they were like deep, you know, uh, that sounds really foul, but it was foul. It was just deep eruption that like needed to come out somewhere and anger stored in your liver and your gallbladder and your liver determines a lot of your skin function. So it's kind of makes Mm -hmm. a lot of sense now, but, um, going through it and trying to, so that, that was also a through line, like from early end of high school through uh, a couple of years ago, really trying to discover what would fix my acne as well as the spiritual mm. path that I was being led to. And the act, the skin was like something else that just always kept me searching because I knew my friends didn't have this problem. <laughs> like I, a lot of people don't have this issue. So there has to be a way. And yeah. there was just this like part of me in my early twenties that knew that it had something to do with self-love, but I didn't really understand how to access them. Like, cool. Thank you, Brene Brown for the gifts of imperfection. I'm a perfectionist. I understand. I understand <laughs> it. I have the awareness. Yes, how the intellectual, fuck do I love myself yes, more? Like, yeah, how yeah. do I even like open that up? Mm-hmm. Like I had no idea, but it took years. <laughs> oh my God. This is this is literally the conversation. Well, we talk about this on the show all the time um, because I think, I know Eva's very passionate about like, yes. let's give practical things to this like vague <laughs> idea. But my best friend was sitting on my back porch. We were socially distancing and dipping our toes in a kiddie pool because it's 8,000 degrees. And uh, that's what we were discussing. Like all these people, all these books out there and all these talks and all these wonderful resources. And she was talking about a memoir that she's reading that she's like, it's great, except basically what she says is like, then I started loving myself. My friend's like, just tell me. (laughs) How do you feel that? And if you grew up in a household that taught you, and again, no, like no intentionality behind that, but taught you that you're supposed to be unconditionally loving, but then modeled something that wasn't quite because they weren't, my parents aren't unconditionally loving themselves. They have shit that they have fragmented Mm -hmm. and don't want to look at and are afraid of. And they've told me by their actions that, Mm -hmm. you know, when my dad got angry, my mom would shame that, you know, when my mom was angry, my dad would shame that. So I modeled that like being angry is shameful mm-hmm. because they don't want anger, right? Mm-hmm. Like, because we're not taught to, and it's like, right. you can love yourself when you mm-hmm. begin. I mean, there's all these practices, but, uh, for me, it is every single step of, it's just a practice. It's like every step of the way, seeing this come up, that's really shameful and ugly and just sitting with it and treating it like I would treat a little kid mm. who is experiencing that versus treating it like you should know mm. better, you know, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of judging it or yeah. criticizing like, it. I mean, that's, a, that's like a way yeah. a portal in. Obviously I've done like other really deep healing work that like takes you into other dimensions or whatever, but you know, as a practical mm-hmm. tool, it's, it is like meeting yourself in every moment and noticing when you really need more compassion, you know, and the more you're able to give yourself compassion, the more, and again, it's practice. I learned this when I was like 22 and 34, it's, like, it's and I'm practice. still not, you know, yeah. there are moments, obviously, um, yeah. you know, we track people in our lives yeah. to trigger these parts of us that have gone unhealed so that you look at them again and mm-hmm. you have an opportunity to heal again um, yeah. and continue, you know, healing that yeah. apart. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think I just want to say like for the listeners who are listening, because there could be listeners out there being like, okay, but you guys are talking about self-love, but how do I do it? And I think I just want to add in case anyone's out there like shaking their fist, I do think to build off of what you said 
Beth, it is practice, but it's like, yeah, so meeting yourself with compassion and kindness. But I think the first step really is awareness. Like mm. you have to be aware and awake enough to know when you're treating yourself like shit. Cause some people yeah. I have found with my clients, yeah. like they don't know, they don't. Yeah. And, and it happens so quickly. It's so ingrained. It's like such a, like the doctor yeah. hits your knee, hits that point in your knee and your leg kicks, right? Yeah, it's like reflex. It's, not, it's just, that's the word I was thinking for. Yeah. Thanks to you. <laughs> But the image is, image is important because that's exactly what it's like. It happens yes. faster than you can control yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I think it's about, so like if anyone out there is listening, because this is a question I get from my clients all the time. It's like, well, first let's just get aware, like start taking stock of your behavior. Take, you have to like, if, you, if it's really hard for you, break it down into like, like for me, when I started, I knew that I was always feeling really anxious at work. So I take out my journal and I wasn't efficient at work, by the way. I was doing like my own personal healing stuff, but I would like write down in a journal because like that was the only way that I could catch yeah. myself being an asshole. Like, wait, what mm. am I thinking right now? Like, what's my dialogue? Or I'm anxious. Like, why am I, what's, what's the thing that's happening? So like you have to implement very practical ways of catching yourself because if you're not even aware that you're doing it, then, that, then you can't change. But once, yeah. but awareness as someone else, I think one of our podcast guests in the past had said like, Awareness is like 90% of the game because once you yeah. know it, you can choose a different totally. response. Yeah, no, and I'm glad you brought it back to that. And yeah, for me, it's helpful, I think, also to just, we all have those big moments where we feel like I don't feel okay. And, you know, mm-hmm. sometimes yeah. trying to catch the small moments can be tricky, you know, unless you're like in that state of being super aware. But those big moments too can, just when you're, what's coming to mind for me is when I used to have to present these design lines like back at Target. And I would, I was so afraid yeah. of presenting that. Um, but I really badly wanted to, it was this weird dynamic of like wanting to be able to present and be yeah. the star of the show, but cause I'm a Leo son also, but then also like trying to like push that away <laughs> and not feeling like I knew enough. And so it was like in those bigger moments where I would have like almost like panic attacks or whatever, where I could be like, oh, you're being like really shitty to yourself right now. <laughs> like, you know, and having um, yeah. Yeah. some guides along the way. I think when you, and this will sound really uh, probably conceptual as well. And hopefully Eva, you can like put some a grounding spin on it for me. But <laughs> in my experience, when it's like, when I realized that self-love was a big piece of this situation and I had no idea what to do, I could just sit there after I read Brene Brown's book and just be like, okay, now what, what's next? I know that this is something I can feel it. And that's like, you know, a little hint of intuition. Mm -hmm. And then things start showing up. Like I, you know, it's like that concept of when the student is ready, the teacher appears and also looking for magic. Like my Mm -hmm. next manager, holy shit. She like sat down with me when I was having these panic attacks about trying to present and would just be like, you have everything you need inside of you already. She would see me in these patterns and tendencies that were just highly perfectionistic. And she would, you know, she just like totally, we would have all these, in every corporate space, you get like the review, you know, you're like, whatever, every few months or whatever, however that, so long ago, I don't remember the structure of corporate work. I'm just kidding. Um, (laughs) Which was great because at Target, you look at your, all the things you're great at and then all of your opportunities. They're not problems. They're just your opportunity spaces and you need to lift those opportunities. And I always had in there that I wasn't courageous or something. And I remember going to her and like going over the review and she was like, I saw that you put that you need more courage. She was like, I actually see you as like, I just like had her to see me and reflect something true. And she was like, I see you as incredibly courageous. She was like, I actually 
don't think you're very flexible. And I was like, what the fuck? Like I do whatever you want me to do. I am the best assistant. <laughs> like I was like, so, you know, Libra yeah. South node, which is a whole other astrological thing, but I was just very good at anticipating needs and like showing up for people the way they needed it. Da da da. Codependent. Um, <laughs> I had the teacher who just like showed up and, uh, yeah. you know, in some ways she was super expansive for me because she, uh, she modeled this like deeper belief, you know, and she introduced me to yeah. affirmations. Cause I would sit with her and be like, well, what do you mean? I have it all in here. Like, I was like, what does that mean? And that sounds right. so lovely to hear from you who I respect and you know, all that stuff, but essentially just saying that like, when you right. learn these little nuggets, because then my next, I think after breaking up with my ex and then finding my now husband and we moved from Cincinnati to Boston and then we were all alone in Boston. So I had a lot of like quiet Which is time. sad because I was also there and we totally didn't hang out, but we didn't know each other then. It was even before COVID, we could have like hugged. Remember could've those hugged. days? We met at a coffee shop, you know? Yeah. I could have had friends because I literally made zero friends. Mm. Um, I tried, but I also was working as a freelancer and it was my year to be very quiet. Yeah. yeah. Not intentionally. It just sort of happened that way. And I really enjoyed it. And that's where this like major awakening happened, but it happened because I was engaged and, you know, I started seeking help after I'm definitely can tell that this story is a whole Big strand. So I appreciate that you guys are following. Oh no, I'm here. This is our, yeah, we're right here. We're right here with you. (laughs) Good. So broke up with my ex. A few months later, I met my partner, my husband now. Um, totally manifested him, but didn't realize that's what I was doing. I was like so high worth after I left my ex. I felt amazing. I seriously thought I was like the coolest cat on the town. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I went to bars and just had a blast with my friends. And I like played around with my persona mm-hmm. in a way I'd never done before because I had never really dated. I, yeah. I asked my high school boyfriend to prom and then we just stayed together. Like that's what happened. I asked him to prom, we stayed together. So it was like, I had this opportunity to really like figure out who I was as as a single person and lots of wonderful friends around me. And I was able to unlearn quickly that like, oh, you are actually really fun. Oh, you're, you're like a cool person to be around. Like when that weight of our toxicity just like was gone, Mm -hmm. I was just really able to kind of immediately flourish and yeah, met my partner. We moved in together. We like fell in love very quickly. It was like so dreamy and magical and all the fun stuff. And then some of my insecurities returned (laughs) and like all the things, you know, the fears. And I was like, Oh shit, not all of that went out with the, (laughs) some of that was actually me. It turns out. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, then I started thinking, Oh my gosh, I had like, I got to meet this person who I was when I met my husband And then she went away and I was like, Mm. what is with that? And so at that moment I was like, okay, it's time for me to seek help here. And I was like, I should look for a therapist. And, but I didn't want to talk therapist because I had one in college and I did not find it helpful for me because very aware, I'm super, super self-aware and super like I can articulate the shit out of how I feel. Mm -hmm. And I basically could talk therapy myself into whatever, like a whole circle. And, um, so I, I found it hard. And so, so basically what I hear you saying is like, you understood every, what you were doing and why you were doing it. But then like, it was like, it's like the, now how what? do you actually love yourself? Right? Like it's the, what yes. do I do with this? Not, I, I understand 
I'm, it's very cerebrally get what's happening, but like, what do I do with it? I still am seeing the same patterns over and over again. Yes. Yeah. And it's like, I can't catch myself in the middle of that pattern and adjust my mind. It yeah. is doing it. Yeah. It is. And obviously, so it was like, I had all the awareness, right. which is a great thing, mm-hmm. but I needed something deeper. And and I think the awareness is like a, anyway, sorry, I don't interrupt you. Okay. I just think it's so essential, right? Like, because it's the, yeah. like, it's the laser beam, but then it's like the entry point. It's the light. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. then like, look, without the awareness, then I think we're just like spinning, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Totally. And but, just reacting and yeah, not knowing why you're reacting, like why you're reacting, I guess. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And yeah, it's like, I, it's almost like thinking, yeah, I see all these things, but I'm going to go read a book and try to learn how to fix it. And for me, it's really important to like experiment, experience, feel, embody Mm -hmm. with that. So what I was looking for, was something different and it was crazy. So again, another like teacher appeared, like as soon as I made that, okay, it's time for me to deal with this shit. Cause I don't know what it is. I also had the skin thing was still a thing. And even though I was like with my new partner, I wasn't because with my ex, I was like, I literally hid my face every night. So I was under some type of like mask that I was like, hi, you know, trying to hydrate my skin with, or I wore makeup or I got up early enough so that he couldn't see, like mm. nobody really saw mm. me without it. But with my husband, I was like, okay, I need in this relationship, I need to like, maybe it'll go away if I'm like really yeah. authentic mm-hmm. with it or something, mm-hmm. you know? And so, um, so I made some progress there, but my skin was still like all over the place. And, uh, so there was that, and I had this like underlying anxiety, just like weird things that I was like, I don't know what to do with this stuff. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I was, I was freelancing at the time, making way more money than I made at Target. I was having so much more fun doing the work I was doing with, I, I, so from here, I switched from being a fashion designer into brand and marketing and uh, trend. And, and it was, I worked for this like really awesome agency in Cincinnati, which is where I met my partner. So he, he's a copywriter there. And, um, and I had Fridays off. Like I was creating this life mm. that, kind of accidentally. Like when I was at Target, I dreamt of being a freelancer, but I was like, you have to be like really talented to be a freelancer and like make it. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. I just found myself in Cincinnati somehow freelancing. They were paying the rate I wanted them to pay me. Mm-hmm. And I had Fridays off. It was blissful. Yeah. So then Fridays were supposed to be the day that like I did my own work. And whenever I got to that day and tried to work on my own creative projects, I would be so exhausted out of nowhere that I would have to like sleep all day. And I didn't know that that is depression. Like, I fucking didn't know that. So anyway, backing up, when I realized that I had some shit that I was responsible for and I didn't know what to do with, I, at that job as a freelancer, was mentoring a younger fashion design student who was an intern. And she, uh, she just is very expressive, emotional, all these beautiful things. And, but she like needed some guidance in the way of how to properly show up in a corporate environment because she just was young and uh, I'll use the word like entitled, like people would just see her and be like, oh, she's entitled. And so I could see that. And I was like, Hey girl, like, let me help you out. (laughs) Like tone it down. This is, you know, uh, because your manager isn't meeting with you, like the world is not about you. So like you have to kind of bend and fit into this space. So I was just, we became a connection. She would come to me for advice. I watched her over the course of like six months, completely shift and become my mentor. Like she just grew into this, like very confident, very her. She's a very unique personality and Mm. has a very strong emotional capacity and is super expressive. And it kind of freaks people out. And 
she like she's the kind of person that you tell her something and she'll literally like sc- scream when like everyone's really quiet and, like you know kind of like that oh like doesn't have like that social cue but it's like authentically her and yeah then she I saw her like just really embody herself and and saw that like when you really embody yourself like there's no space for judgment to come to you almost it's like she just is her and it's like mm-hmm. if you like her great if you don't bye and it doesn't matter so anyway there was this like really beautiful thing she kept talking about this woman that she was working with and I was like all right who is this person I need her number yeah <laughs> and what is it that you're doing and when she described it I don't even remember how she described it but to me it felt like therapy that was yoga where you get to show up and choose your level of involvement you're actually like mm. in yoga you are pushing your edge you are holding the pose, you are learning to breathe, you are strengthening your nervous system and you're being guided by somebody. And it's like being guided back home. And mm. so, yeah, I set up an appointment with who's been my healer since then. Um, and it's, uh, it took, yeah, it's been, I guess like six or seven, I guess over seven years now. Um, and doing the work with her started to slowly unpack the what you do. So like I have all the awareness, now let's move this shit. Now let's yeah. like learn how to uh, show up in a different way and be able to have the space to choose, you know, how to show up. Can I ask, were there like specific examples that you could, that you can remember of where it was like application of knowledge, application of awareness or, you know, action that was different from just having awareness? Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I think so. You mean like if I went into a session and then I came out and then how did I just yeah, like well, I mean, what, what, how do they what, transform essentially? Right. Yeah, like, you know, because it's yeah. the the issue we've been talking about is like, you know, we can have all the awareness in the world, but we need something to actually, like, what do we do to actually change yeah. ourselves or a circumstance? And I'm wondering, yeah, if you have stories about how this was spoke to the second half, actual change part. Sure. Yeah, and I think I'll explain how it's made sense to me because it's essentially just like rewiring your brain. And maybe name what it is also, because I realize we haven't actually named it. Oh, sure. Yeah, good point. Uh, oh, yeah. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> the modality that I work with is called emotional polarity technique. Um, it is, I would just say it's not therapy. It is a modality um, that combines, uh, you know, intuition, energy healing, neuroscience. It's essentially connecting to your subconscious body to uh, see where you have trapped emotions. So in specific organs to then interrupt that pattern and shift the narrative that that's connected to. So I'm sure I'll get into that a little bit more, but the way that, so it was interesting because I was getting this work done on me and I didn't know what the hell it was. It just felt like magic and it was cool. And I was like, oh, I can go in and talk about how I feel really insecure about how my partner sees me. Um, you know, like I'm a, I had like this fear that he was like gonna cheat on me or something like that. And I felt like such a stupid, you know, like stupid, oh, I hate even saying this, but. I felt like a stupid girl who was like drama heavy, you know, for even thinking that. And it's like, that's such a common fear. Um, but anyway, I discovered And that it was also, it was your fear, it was right? Fear. Like it was your fear. Yeah. And, and I used to think, oh, like, because with my ex, like he would check girls out. So there was a part of me, I mean, I feel like he was checked out for a big part of a relationship. So he wouldn't ever have like physically cheated on me, but he was like gone. So I felt yeah. like, oh no, like I would, I got really like, you know, detective with my, current partner and I would like notice if he saw somebody and then I would just make it mean something. Right. And I made it mean something about him versus just me, you know, whatever and me. And, you know, I, I thankfully was able to have loving conversations with him about it versus, Hey, this is happening. 
and then him being like, you're just insecure because that's what mm-hmm. I used to get. Mm-hmm. It was just like, oh, hey, you know, I'm in a relationship to be loving. Like, so if I'm doing something that's upsetting you or making you feel that way, um, that's not what I'm here for. That's not what I want. And right. I'm sorry. You know, so it was yeah. like, oh my God, I have like someone who can <laughs> keep a level head here and like treat me with respect. So say I took that through a session. What I discovered was that um, it like was a generational fear. My dad's dad was cheated on by my dad's mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that works. I was like, how does that work? Um, and I was holding his grief when from when he found out. <laughs> and through epigenetics, it's been like passed down to my dad and to me. And uh, it was like this unresolved situation. So in one session, she was able to pinpoint that story. And so then I was able to have awareness of like where that came from. Mm-hmm. Then we're able to, I mean, she was like leading me. First of all, we're interrupting, the, like physically interrupting the pattern in your body. So when you have a belief, your brain is looking for coherence to to like keep it, to make it true. Mm-hmm. So it's like, if yeah. I believe that it's possible I'm going to be cheated on, then my brain is going to catalog Look any all the proof. TV show yeah. I see where mm-hmm. a girl is being taken advantage of or whatever. Any little emotion mm-hmm. is going to go into that little storage. And any moment that your partner isn't texting you back becomes data for like, yeah. you know, as opposed, like, yeah. Anytime yeah. I see him it's looking kind at of the same version of like Instagram gets to go in that whole file. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of the similar to what you were saying at the beginning of like when your lens is to like to yes. let life be magical, then you see more and experience more. Yeah, it's what you look for, right? It's what you look for, and so when we but have like a we're fear, primed. we're yeah. looking for yeah. it. We don't, but then we don't even know that we're doing That's that sometimes. Yeah. We're just looking for proof. We don't yeah. know, and it's like the script that's just running through. It's this like constant thing that's, it's an opening for that to come in, and we don't realize that that's what's happening. And so, and again, that wasn't even my shit. I thought my mom was cheated on. So I thought it was my mom's. It wasn't even her shit. <laughs> like it was yeah. my, my grandfather's, like who I didn't even really have a relationship with. Like it is bonkers that that can happen. And so, you know, when, when we're going in and finding these really just like when you have negative unprocessed emotions in your organs, it's just linking us to this like neural pathway that's looping. And when you can release that pattern. You, you're interrupting it so that you can, you know, then create a new scenario for yourself. Mm-hmm. But so once you release the pattern, you know, then or when she was helping you release the pattern, she then would guide me to um, resolve, you know, create compassion and forgiveness around that situation, like truly resolving this conflict that I've been carrying about who I was and about the story I was telling myself about what I deserved and all those things. Um, and then once you can create that new story, you know, it's like, it can't, you can't change what's happened to you and you can't change, um, you know, the, the facts of the situation, but we can change again, the lens with which we participate yeah. in that story. And it's not about like, uh, it's not about toxic positivity. <laughs> it's not about like, let's, mm-hmm. let's pretend like this wasn't, you know, it's a like true, mm-hmm. like honoring this situation. Like, giving myself permission to grieve and mourn the loss that my grandfather had when my grandmother cheated, like giving him permission to grieve and mourn the loss of a life he just, that got thrown out the window. I mean, he found out in such a like shitty way and like, you know, all these things, grieve and mourn the loss of the years that he, anyway, I'm going down a whole rabbit hole, but creating true resolution. And then you craft a new picture because essentially your brain is going to like want to go somewhere. So like once you create Mm -hmm. space in your body for something new, you actually have to put something new in there. But yeah. you can't just, or else, just, or else you don't know where to go. Exactly. You just like, you can't stay, your mind can't stay in limbo. Exactly. It's like, if you're trying to stop yeah. drinking, like, 
you know, I am like playing with how I'm drinking alcohol. So now I'm drinking fancy drinks that are like adaptogenic elixirs instead when I mm. want to not have alcohol. Like I need something to go there to help me program into this like new direction without yeah. just being like, I'm never going to drink again. Like, you know, you need to like walk right. yourself there and your brain needs to feel yeah. safe. Your body needs to feel safe. So anyway, the process really creates that scenario. So then, so I don't know if that's really explaining like, so that's one example. So then I come out of this scenario, like the healing, it's beautiful, it's wonderful, whatever. Um, the next A, here's what happens. Either I never get worried about it again. Like you'll just realize one day that you forgot that you were bothered by this thing, which is basically mm -hmm. what's happened to me with the cheating thing. Or if it does surface, it's like, I have this like totally different perspective on it now where I'm like, well, if he cheats on me, like that's a, that's poor him. Like I am yeah. baller. Like, like mm -hmm. I, there's just, it's just a totally different thing where it's like, um, it's not coming out of a fear place or even saying that like, oh, I hope, you know, like, uh, screw it's, I don't know. There's just a different relationship I have to that story now. So that if I yeah, get sometimes triggered. you can look at it and it's like silly, you know, silly. sometimes you can laugh yes. at it and be like, oh my God, that's so yes. funny. <laughs> yes. And then honor the moments that like, you know, uh, that might trigger something and be like, oh, okay, honey, you're like feeling, you're feeling this like sensitivity again, but you know, it's actually not true. Whereas before I was mm -hmm. not able to tell myself it wasn't true. Like I could mm -hmm. not, I was like laser focused on finding right. something to right. prove. And and even if you, that if you could even tell yourself it's not true, but it's like slapping an affirmation yes. over something, right? It's like, that's that toxic yes. positivity. Like you're not believing it. So uh, I will, I will share. Um, I was lucky enough this morning to actually have a session with Beth. So it's been like a Kylie Beth day. <laughs> <laughs> um, and um, without like taking up, you know, an hour of everyone's time, I will just share that I had this very specific thing that I brought to Beth that I was like, okay, you know, for our session, I have this habit where Eva's actually familiar with it, where like, <laughs> I don't, I don't know what you're referring to, but I know, but, but you're, I, no, you're, yeah. you're going to say it and you're going to be like, oh yeah, yeah, I know that one, which is that I have all these amazing women in my life who like, I just adore, like can't get over how amazing they are. And yet when I have moments in my life that I feel overwhelmed or stressed or anxious, I push them away and I become really non-responsive and I kind of like temporarily ghost my friends, which is unfortunate, <laughs> especially when you're on the uh, uh, receiving end, especially because I'm lonely, right? So I'm over here being like, I feel really lonely. And also I'm obsessed with my friends. And also I'm pushing all of them away at the very moment when I actually need mm -hmm. them. And so like now everyone's just hurt and like, mm -hmm. this is dumb, like stop. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so I, this is the thing that I brought to Beth. It was like, I, I like to try to figure this out. And I had some theories, but through the muscle testing, that like the way the way our session worked was Beth like went through to find like kind of where's the origin story which was a moment when I was I would have been like oh yeah codependency boundaries when I was five right but it actually had to do with this very specific moment that when I was 19 about like friendship and grief and alcoholism and family trauma and all these like interesting things interwoven and so that link I would never have seen that made perfect sense. But then what was really cool was that we go through the whole process, right? So there's an extra layer of awareness that I didn't have previously, but then we do the, I don't know what you call it, but this process of like interrupting the flow and then like writing a new story, mm -hmm. which is very meaningful and moving. And then the rest of the day unfolded. 
And what's interesting is that before going into the session, I had like a list of people, right? I had this list of these like friends who I have been not in as much touch as I would like to. And after our session, <clears throat> initially I felt actually really icky. Like I felt like, like I expected to feel like usually when you need a healing session, you're like, and now I'm amazing and I can do everything. <laughs> but I actually like had that, that like icky feeling that comes up for me when I'm like, I'm not being the kind of friend that I want to be. But my normal response since I was 19 was to then push it away and ignore it and to like, like disassociate. But instead that icky feeling was so fucking uncomfortable that I reached out to every single one of these women and had like, not, and it wasn't always elaborate, right? Sometimes it was like- Wait, like, is that I'm when a- you texted me today? You sent me a boxer today. <laughs> Proof, people. Yeah. Proof that this is true. Yeah. Proof. Uh, he was like, so "Man, funny. if this shit works, my whole life, <laughs> my podcast life just got so much easier." Yeah, I just got like, I mean, it was a super short thing, but it was like, yes. I, yeah, it was like a Kylie popping up and saying, "Hey," because it was because that's part of the cycle is that like I would like I ghost people and then I feel so shitty about doing it that I like think that I have to overcompensate. So then I like make the overcompensating so grand that I'm like, well, I don't, I don't have the energy to write a novel. So I'll wait until tomorrow. So it like perpetuates. Mm -hmm. And even like, you know, I have two of my very best friends. Like we have a little chain between the three of us. And there was like, I mean, I swear to God, there was like 80 texts this morning. Right. And I was like, I can't even, I'm already behind. I can't even catch up. So I just skimmed them and wrote like, we're having lunch, but like, I caught these two things that you said. And here's my quick response. Right. It was like this, like little, like, hi, I'm here. I care. And this is what I'm capable of, Mm -hmm. which, so anyways, which is just to say like, you know, obviously it's one day, but it felt like a really huge shift, but it was in particular, it was really interesting to me that it wasn't that the icky feeling went away. Right. But it was like, now you actually have the capacity to do, to act differently Mm -hmm. than you were previously. Yeah. So, um, I think that's important to know. And I, and thinking back to our session, and normally I give people a little heads up on how they might feel after a session, which I did not do with you today. Bye, B. I mean, I had this follow-up session with you six hours later. I was just so, like, so excited about this podcast. Um, so drink water. Good. You're drinking water. I was going to say, like, normally I have a whole like, thing that I tell people. You could get a headache. You could have like a healing crisis, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Some people feel really, really good. Some people, I myself usually feel wiped and some level of like, oh, we went through some muck. But it's like so fascinating to yeah. me that I'm like, all in, you know, it's like this weird, but yes, yeah. it's like you, you still have life happen, you know? And, and I remember saying to you, like, yes, we created the space. Now it's your choice to step into it. You know, you still have to, yeah. you know, it's like, I've, and I don't know if you guys experience this with your clients, but, um, you know, sometimes you can tell your client like all sorts of things and help shift things for them. But if they're like going out there and not taking responsibility and not taking accountability for themselves and truly like there is an energetic of person that is coming to you to like fix them. And one thing that I've been working with over the past like several months is uh, that's not the kind of client I want to be with. That's like not where we get the Mm. best results. You know, like I don't want that uh, guru vibe or like, I don't want to be on a pedestal. Like this is an even exchange of energy and I'm facilitating something for you, with you, alongside you. I'm letting you borrow my nervous system while we go into trauma. Like we're, this is a, this is like a, I don't know how to say, 
Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's not like I am <laughs> yeah. not the healer. You know, I facilitate the healing. And uh, so it is important mm. that when people are going, and I came as one of those people who wanted to be fixed. I thought that something, again, going from right. my upbringing, I thought that God was outside of me. I thought I had to go outside and get the permission and get the help and be saved and be so lucky to be saved, you know? So it's yeah. chosen. chosen, exactly. Worthy. And I mean, we get that yeah. modeling, you know, just even as like females in society, all, all the things, lots of overt and, and under the, can't think of the opposite of overt for some reason, but you know what I mean? non-overt messages subtle subtle (laughs) thank you (laughs) but anyway just the idea that like um so actually one one good example actually that just popped up after you were sharing that that was kind of a wild thing that unlocked so much shit in my life was so eva about like a year ago um i took through a healing session that i uh i had this like fear being seen and i felt like it was wrapped up in my skin and all the trauma from that. And, but I, but there's this weirdness where like, I want to be seen, but I'm afraid to be seen, like all that stuff. And Mm -hmm. so I did some healing on that and then, you know, kind of forgot about it. And then I went for, I was going for a run here in Colorado and it was last summer, maybe May, early summer. And it was super hot and we're like running gorgeous trail. And all these women are like running with their, you know, just in their sports bras. And I was like, man, Mm -hmm. I want to be one of those people that run in my sports bra and like don't care like I don't want to like run in my sports mm-hmm. bra to like be like look at me but I also if I want to mm-hmm. I want to be free you just want to be free yeah you just want to be, would feel more comfortable not. yeah but also I want to have the choice <laughs> to fe- I want to feel okay wanting to also yeah. want that mm-hmm. like if I want that which mm-hmm. I didn't want that at all yeah. but it was like and that's how I was like sort of backdooring yeah. that I was like allowing myself to want to wear no shirts so that I could like you know, get myself mm-hmm. there. But anyway, a few days later, so I just had that thought and I was like, whatever, running, listening to podcasts, you know, expanding my mind, all the things. And then a few days later I go for a run and I was getting ready to leave the house and I was throwing a tank top over my sports bra. And my husband was like, dude. So I was wearing one of those like long line sports bras and high-waisted pants. So there's maybe like an inch and a half of skin around my stomach, right? <laughs> of but I'm still yeah. like yeah. super yeah. modest. So I was like covering up with a tank top. And he was like, dude, mm-hmm. this you might as well not wear it. It's like, you're not doing it. And I was like, you're right. You're right. I didn't even think about it. And I just went for a run and I'm like, duh, 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 duh. and then mm. I see almost instantly this couple, like with a new baby pushing baby in a baby carriage. And I immediately felt massive guilt. And I was just like, Oh my God, I'm like wow. giving this, this guy something to look at. And I'm like, I can't believe I'm saying this out loud mm. <laughs> to you on a podcast, but Safe space. Safe space. We, yeah. like, I we see you. Weird, like not even weird. It just was this guilt that I was very familiar with. And I felt like guilty that I was giving this man something to look at and also maybe making this woman, this new mother feel bad about her body, which like, hello, first of all, hello, mothers who give birth are like, fuck, my body's amazing, most likely because you see all the change, whatever. But my mind wasn't there. It immediately went to this guilt and I'm running and I'm like, oh, I should have worn something different. But I was like, I had this moment where I was like, let's explore this. And so literally running, you know, you're like moving all this energy inside. And I was like, where does this guilt come from? And I just like kind of had my own conversation with myself. I was able to track it back to when I was really little, you know, I was always thin. I always had this like lot, like my hair's always been thick. I've had this like, I've had a lot of people commenting on my appearance as most, I would say, little girls do. You're so pretty, blah, blah, blah. Like all this mm-hmm. stuff. Um, but people, there are people in my family that struggle with weight and 
when they're telling me you're so skinny, you're so lucky, you've got your dad's genes, you da da da, you're going to be a model. There was all this shame and guilt that I was picking up actually underneath their language. And then this like, oh, I have this deep relationship with guilt and I have a loyalty to my family system because I'm part of that system. You know, loyalty is like, that's a whole conversation probably for another day, but like that shit runs deep. If I leave that system, it goes back into like, you know, I will be killed. You know, if you left your tribe or whatever back in the day, we're likely going to be killed. Um, And so I have this loyalty to the system, but then this also this disgust or this feeling of disgust, this feeling of guilt, shame when... I am just being me, honestly, like when I'm being seen for just like being me as like a six year old. And, Mm -hmm. uh, and then it was interesting because I'm the only person in my family that has had an acne problem. Nobody else has had skin issues. So it's like Mm -hmm. not this like hereditary thing that you can easily say, but what Mm -hmm. I connected to that and which was then, which then was one of my biggest like breakthroughs with skin, you know, after doing all this other healing work was that in order for me you know, to be loyal to my family, but to also prove that it's hard for me to love myself too, I have to manifest something else that is impossible to get rid of, just Uh, like it feels impossible for mm. my mom to lose the weight that she had. Like I had to create a scenario Uh, in which, like I I just had to create that so that I could like still fit in. So that you wouldn't be ostracized. I had so many people saying such lovely things. So that run, I'm like going through, I'm like saying all these forgiveness statements. I'm like, notice I'm like going crazy. I run inside the house. I like called a friend as I was running. Oh no, because I also then realized, okay, the next level of it was like a loyalty to all the women I've ever known and all the women in society who believe it is really hard to love yourself. It has to be, we have to work really hard. We have to do the right skincare. We have to have the right hair. We have to have the right skin color. We have to have the right diet. We have to work out. We have to try, try, try. So then I was like, I fucking release these loyalties Mm. to all the women I've known who believe Mm. that it has to be hard to love yourself. Like I can love and accept myself just as I am living an easy existence, not working out very hard because I am inherently worthy of that. So it was like mind blowing. Mm-hmm. And I remember running back inside. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, wait. So with the acne thing, I'm really curious. So are you saying that you mean you felt like you were holding on to that because it was a way to keep yourself small in loyalty to all these other people where you needed to like have a, you know, you, you needed have to problem. have a problem. An right? unfixable problem. problem. Like, mm-hmm. because yeah. also like with that story yeah. is that it was this weird secret battle because it was so crazy. It was like, I would tell my parents and they would just be like, we don't really see it. Like it's not there. I mean, I was wearing like mm-hmm. makeup. And I was really, you know, even, even if I took it off, they'd be like, oh, that's not a big deal. So then I would go to a doctor and the doctor would like brush it off. Like everybody mm. brushed it off as this thing that mm. wasn't that big of a deal. But I was, I had 17 cysts like on top of each other. It's painful. I don't know if you've ever experienced it before in any capacity, but it's like, yeah. you know, when you're around your cycle and you might break out and have this like deeper, mm-hmm. it was like, that was, it was a nonstop yeah. flow of that for years. Like never yeah. a moment of you know, maybe I had like two or three, I have like massive scarring from it. And, but I mean, Mm -hmm. I was in a state of like, I could not figure it out. And I was so mean to myself. And obviously then like when I was eating healthy, so I got really restrictive and, you know, I did all the things I knew that something natural needed to work um, because I tried stuff with doctors and it wasn't working and they made me feel like Mm -hmm. complete shit. And like, I was Mm -hmm. crazy. And, um, but I mean, it was to the point where like, even my partner who was with for 10 years, didn't really even think about it probably because he was so used to me hiding it, but like, it was the strange relationship with like keeping it a secret as well. So almost like that person who's, you know, has their like silent struggle with whatever they're afraid of. 
um, it, it just carried that same quality that, yeah. um, cause like, for example, you know, the weight thing has been an issue in my family, but people in my family don't really talk about it that much. You know, it's like a, it's a subject we don't really like touch on. Yeah. We try to be very like gentle about, um, for fear of hurting people's feelings. So, uh, but yeah, so then, I mean, by that point I had already done so much, so much unpacking and so much work around that, but that was really, and I also like literally worked with somebody around my skin. Like she was my skin coach. She had experienced it. She knew all the mind body shit that I was like into. It was aligned. And, um, you know, I had somebody there holding that journey for me and like vision, like, listen, you know, mm. and I could see myself shift out of a state of bargaining to a state of acceptance and bargaining being like, I have to do X, Y, and Z in order to keep myself from breaking out. Or I have to do X, Y, and Z in order to keep myself from like, um, keep myself in a state of health. Whereas acceptance is like, I can nourish my body with water. Like I want, you know, it's, it's more of a place of like love versus like mm -hmm. trying to, it's not out of fear essentially. So totally. I was able to shift that way. But yeah. I feel like you have a couple, <laughs> couple questions coming up. <laughs> Um, not so much a question. I, something that you said earlier, I feel like this has been a running theme through your, what you've been talking about. Just something that I noticed is this idea of like, um, I think there is a difference between, you talked about how every time like you stated to the universe, like I'm ready, a teacher appeared or like when I'm ready, the healing modality mm. showed up. Right. And I feel like that's very different from saying, Hey God, help mm. me, like help me. And like, give me what I want. Whereas I, I'm ready is more like, I don't know what the fuck I'm, but oh, I'm, I'm ready to yeah. have you intervene and like, show me the way. And I'm totally opening up and opening up my coming from a place of humility, yeah. right? Humility, surrender, surrender. Yeah. which is a very hum, like humil humble thing to do. You're saying, I don't know, maybe something else knows better than me. And then something shows yeah. up. And so I feel like that, what you were saying of like, you wrote down accepting and opening is a version of saying I'm ready. Whereas bargaining is very much being like, okay, God, help yeah. me, help me like do yeah. this. If you give, if you give me these clients, then I'll quit my job. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And I, yeah. and I yeah. think it's like the story of like, I don't know for people who are listening again, and a reminder for myself for any time I'm, you know, I'm struggling. It's like, uh, how do you, you know, the question is like, how do you do this stuff? How do you make transformation? How do you change? I think a big part of it is the step of you saying, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. And I'm totally yes. open. Well, I want to build on that. And I'm glad you're calling that yeah. out. Cause I feel like I have like eight other examples of that happening. And thank you for reflecting that because it's like, I want to remember that for the next time I feel stuck. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like, Hey, you're actually really good at this thing. Um, I mean, that feels like that feels like kind of the, a concept of manifestation in some way. Like you don't need to know the how, but you have to know your worth, like that you're, it should be available to you because you're fucking born. So it's available to you just like it's available to anyone else. Mm -hmm. um, my new concept right now is like uh, this idea that I'm like, not that special. Like it's not just me that can't open the Kashuk record. It's like, I, it's not just, you know, whatever, mm. uh, whatever apply. <laughs> Because the ego, all the ego cares about is special. like is being special. It doesn't exactly. care if it's special because yeah, you're I the worst or the best. Such attachment with feeling special. Like there's a real thing there. Again, Leo Sun. Uh, <laughs> uh, when I found out I was a generator in human design, I was deeply <laughs> devastated for a while. It's like 74% of the population. I was like, I wanted to be a projector so bad. Um, but uh, that concept, oh, there was something else in there. Of course, I went down a rabbit hole. Um, 
I've just, yeah, remind, oh, oh, here's what it is. So it's when you say that I'm ready and I don't know what that, what is or the how or whatever. Uh, the next thing that has always kind of connected for me is trusting that, like trusting your intuition. Who are you drawn to? Who's showing up in your life? What book are you hearing eight times that you should read? And it actually sounds, first of all, if you're being told you should read this book and it doesn't sound good to you, like don't go down that path. Like don't read The Alchemist if it doesn't sound exciting for you. Like start. (laughs) You do? Really? Oh no, I do. I love love it too. But I have this thing where I'm like, reading The Alchemist is not going to change your life. Like it is, it could Mm -hmm. be that toxic positivity, like in some way. Yeah. That's what it felt like for me. But it's also right. the moment that you read it, right? Like sure. maybe if I read it now, I would receive it differently. But at the time, I just was like, like, <laughs> I think I just wrote, yeah. angrily wrote in the margins <laughs> everywhere. Like this fucking privileged piece of shit. That is, that is hilarious. hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, just trusting. Yeah. But that is true. Yeah. It depends on where you <laughs> are in your life. Yeah. Sorry. I do not mean to like soapbox about that. No, the I think but. because we, we read these things or we hear these stories and we want to then apply it to our life. And we're like, if it doesn't feel that way, then it's not that. And we have to like loosen a little bit, like just, you know, a few, I don't know, several months ago, I was like feeling super in lack, fully stepping out to accept clients and this fear that like, I don't have this stable job anymore. So I like, you know, for people that are listening, I'm like newly fully in practice. I had been moonlighting for a long time. So similar to Kylie, you know, just a few months ahead, I guess, or whatever, uh, timeline wise. And I had this moment, this one day where I was like, I started feeling the lack, like we had to move apartments, the new apartments more expensive, like just little things. We had a crack in our windshield, like all these, I lost, I lost, or I got kicked out of my freelancing role, like all in the same day. We learned we had to move the crack in the windshield and that happened. And I was like, well, fuck, I guess I'm fully in this thing right now and terrified. Right. Um, But also I was like, oh my God, that means something big is happening. Like, cause now I, I know this co-creation experience a little bit more. That doesn't mean the fear doesn't show up. But the day that I felt super, super, super in lack, uh, I got a free breakfast, like and I was like, oh my God, I just manifested. It was a free bagel. <laughs> like it literally, it was like an extra bagel that came in my husband's breakfast yeah. that he bought. <laughs> and, and I was like, oh, can I have that? And then I was like, telling my friend, like, I got a free bagel, even though I feel like I'm really scared of money right now. And she's like, oh honey, I hope that like, that is not the bar you're setting. But I sat in that and literally that day I uh, met like who is the pr- woman who's now my business coach, who has then introduced me to Kylie throughout her group. So Oh shit. Yes. Jocelyn. Oh, yes. On yes. I've been working with Jocelyn and, yeah. Yeah, and she's yeah. got like major. Jocelyn yeah. Kelly. Yes, Reed. Yes. We'll link her. Yeah. She's also with wonderful with like money abundance mindset. So if you're interested, you can go hundred percent. And, and like yeah. her yeah. energy just, I had heard her on another podcast, like, I don't know, in November or something and a book that she recommended. Uh, I think it was more than enough by Elaine Welteroth resonated with for me in the moment. And so then I listened to that book and I was like, I mean, wanted to like, write down every other sentence that was said and it was just beautiful and I loved it. It was so inspiring. And so then she, I hadn't seen her on anything since November. And that day she dropped in my inbox with an offer to do a session for a discounted rate. I signed up and it was immediate. Like I need to work with you. And it was just that, holy shit, the teacher appeared. I didn't know Mm -hmm. how it was going to work for me to work with her. And that was literally created for me. And now I get to uh, I mean, yeah. just working with her has, has helped because I'm not a business person. Like 
I am really good at the healing work that I do. Like I finally am like, you know, it took me a long time in practice to feel confident there, but like super solid there. But like, then how are you supposed to make a business out of this? So that was just another example of just like, you just, you say you're ready and you know, from like a deeper place, that you're ready. Cause it's like calling out of you, you know, just being in tune with like, what is it that I want in my life and realizing that like, if I see it out there, if I see somebody else doing it, that just fucking means it's possible. Like I don't have to be jealous mm-hmm. or well, jealous or envious or whatever. Mm-hmm. I get to be like expanded by that. Like, Oh, Kylie's doing this. I can do that too. Like it's to show you anyway. So mm-hmm. I get really, because I'm really passionate about like living a life, like, because I've lived yeah. a really hard life, like had a really hard existence. And I feel like I've now been able to see the magic of co-creating and how fun and light and purposeful mm. life can feel. So I'm, I feel like I'm on my own soapbox right now, but. Uh, yeah, it's a yeah, beautiful I, one. I think it's helpful to remember <laughs> and to hear. And um, yeah, I don't know. Actually, Kylie and I, we don't talk about manifesting a lot on the show, do we? I would like to like, no, yeah, because I think we both, I have a I have, I have like a love hate relationship with manifesting or it can be like kind of tricky. Totally. Yeah. But I think I would love to like, we should like get next. Like, yeah. I was literally just thinking two days ago, we have to actually have the whole conversation yeah, about manifestation because that's actually, I have some, I have so many thoughts and feelings around it that range from like, like you were talking about your fear of like, I'm the only person who won't be able to read the Akashic Records. I totally carry the like, I uniquely am incapable of manifesting. I can like channel through to all of my clients that all of their manifestate. Yep. Like I can, I believe what like, right. But for me, no, it doesn't work for me. I mean, that's my fear, right? But then I also like have a lot of, um, there's this like, an, I think there's an ickiness because I, around like how the language of manifestation has mm-hmm. been weaponized to like, you know, it's just it's like a it's like a spiritual like pull yourself up by your bootstraps mm-hmm. thing totally. that like erases systemic oppression yeah. and also i think we're fucking wildly powerful beyond our imagination and if we got out of our own way we could just like manifest uh actually healing the whole world and all sorts of shit and oh and, my god and, yes so, Kylie, yeah, i'm so excited we can have it's gonna have to be its own episode <laughs> because i also have a lot of thoughts and feelings and i think it's an important conversation but what i wanted to say about your experience beth and i think you're reminding me and hopefully our listeners up is I also think like the manifestation stuff is easier when you have trust. Like oh, when you that's have like, faith. Mm, yeah. <laughs> it's like that's like that's like it, right? You have to yeah. believe that something's gonna catch you. And yeah. I feel like um and I think that we can all say all three of us on the show have can say that that we've experienced that. Like yeah. when we do yeah. believe and when we do trust, um but yeah, I also the co-creation think is easier. I it I definitely is easier and I'm putting that in quotes. And it also like looks like you get what you want when that happens, I think. But the way I think about manifestation is that we're literally always co-creating. So we're always manifesting, like no matter if it's positive, negative, whatever mm-hmm. we want to assign the value to. And so right. for me, it's like noticing what's showing up that's in contrast to what I really desire. And then being like, oh, okay, like here's what I really want. I want to like feel a little freedom in my schedule, but I am so blocked up right now. And I'm like, obviously that's like my own doing. So where can I close some leaks? Where can I create boundaries? to then craft the space that I'm already asking for to show up, which is, that's mm. my, my role in the co-creation. 
I think is how I would explain it. Cause yeah, I totally agree with you on all the language of manifestation and even using the word manifestation makes me think of law of attraction and law of attraction. I think for me was like very disappointing because it's like be in the vibration. And I'm like, well, I have a lot of trauma. So you can't just like force yourself to go in the vibration. Maybe it works for, and then it gives you the thing. It works for you. This person over here who grew up with a really supportive household or whatever doesn't carry generation mm. as much trauma maybe. Um, or has had mm. a lot of success in right. that vibration before, but yeah, trying to like shift into that, there has to be, you know, you have to walk over that way and like resolve. And, um, yeah. but I think the thing for me is just being able to see that it is possible and like, know, and that we're always kind of co-creating. So it's just information yeah. that's coming at you versus like, I manifested this or, you know, but yeah. Well, and this is where I think that healing is so important, right? Like we talked about like awareness and then like layering in the healing with the awareness because like, like I know in my own journey, my nervous system did not feel safe yes. receiving, right? Mm. Receiving was a very traumatic, scary thing for a whole bunch of reasons. And so I would stand up here and say like, where are the clients? Like, I know that this work is amazing and will change people's lives. Why isn't anybody showing up? And it's because my nervous system was like, nope, no fucking mm. way. Right. And so there's like, it doesn't, I could like, there's no, there's no, there's no positive affirmation that like, I mean, I, I, I will say I have had like this really, I use the mantra I'm worthy uh, often, but like as a like yeah. meditative, right. So not just like a, like post a note on my mirror, but like actually as like a meditation mantra. And that was helpful to a degree. Um, but like when you are carrying, I think, especially when you're carrying trauma, like if there's a, if you, if you're reading about or connecting with this idea of manifestation for lack of a better word, but it's not coming through for you, it's not that you're broken and it's not that like you're fucking it up and it's not that you're not trying hard enough there's a good chance that like there's shit that your body's holding onto that isn't yours to hold onto and follow the pings to the practitioner who will help you facilitate a release and a healing because you fucking deserve to feel whole you have to believe that it's all about like truly believing that you can receive clients like using that example and if you don't know consciously, yeah. if we don't have the yeah. awareness that I'm actually not believing that, but you're like saying that that's what you want, when you're not receiving it, usually it's an indicator that there's like the belief needs to be tweaked <laughs> or there's like something else like mm-hmm. you're saying, yeah. you're a block. A, blo- yeah. a blockage of some sort. And, which is yeah. essentially just like, yeah. you know, yeah. not allowing unconditional love to flow in your body from like a really basic <laughs> thing. And when right. we're in... <laughs> Yeah. It's like actually what it's all about. Like the client is actually irrelevant. It's really just about just the unconditional the love. Channel. That's the magic. Um, but yeah, I'm glad yeah. that you brought that up about the conversation of manifestation. I look forward to hearing how you guys uh, kind of like parse that because it's a really complicated thing to talk yeah. about. I'm, at, I'm also right envisioning now, like, I like uh, I often, <clears throat> speaking of manifestation, I often visualize the roadshow for Hello Universe, guys. So it's coming <laughs> post-COVID yeah. and when we have a few more listeners. Uh, yeah. But I, I see the panel around manifestation. We're all up on a stage discussing uh, Hello Universe episode that's a panel. There's like I can see us doing that at the East Coast <laughs> tour. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. So good. Oh. All right. I feel like we could talk for another eight hours, but 
our listeners probably have other podcasts <laughs> that they are excited to listen to. <laughs> um so before we wrap up uh beth where can our listeners find you work with you follow you yeah uh let's see so my instagram handle is earth and ether and my website is earth and ether healing.com so that's awesome awesome Awesome. and we got to do the joy we didn't do the joy round yeah oh yeah but before we was there anything else that we like maybe should have asked, but didn't ask Beth. Hmm. I mean, I guess I didn't really say what I, am, what I do. I mean, I, I'm a facilitator of, we should definitely talk about that. Yes. Very important. I also want to know more. So yes, please, please, please. No, we're just chatting. Uh, no, we get so into the, we get so into the personal that we yeah. forget about yeah. the business, totally. which is also important. No. Okay. Yeah. So, um, Let's see, right now I'm calling myself an intuitive healing and life transformation guide. So I work with both these concepts that we talked about today of bringing awareness to and then healing what's blocking you from being your whole authentic self. And so I use tools like human design, like astrology to help show you kind of like what your soul wants to be in this world There's or in this lifetime in this world. Um, and so there's some great direction there. And then really helping clients to unblock um, those parts where we picked up conditioning or shadow or shame, what all the stuff that we we're just talking about that keeps you from being in your wholeness. You know, and essentially, I really believe that when we are able to act from our authenticity and our whole space, I mean, a we're just going to make the whole world better. There's like this dream of world peace, of course. Um, however, I do think that uh, there's something very profound and beautiful and completely life-changing when you get to just rest in who you are in this world, Mm. just be and trust that I have everything I need in here to be able to do and honor and show up for my partner, for my kids, for my parents, for for everyone, for myself. And um, that has been so liberating for me that that's kind of like the driving force to help other people realize they ain't crazy. They can have it too. And, you know, there's a reason for why you're showing up the way you are. If it's, if it's not in alignment with who you want to be, it doesn't mean you can't find that alignment. So that's what I do. (laughs) Mm. Okay. So everybody run to her website. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thanks for having me, you guys. (laughs) Of course. Let's, let's do the joy round, shall we? I want to keep in the tradition. So Beth, do you want to start? What's one thing that's bringing you joy right now? Sure. Yeah. So like I said, I have listened to your podcast and a few weeks ago, I was like, oh my God, watching Selling Sunset is the thing bringing me joy right now, which is (laughs) such a trashy show on Netflix, but very- Selling Sunset? I don't know what that is. Oh my Kylie, do you? It no, no. Not, <laughs> it's not a good show. Um, but I watched like, I think I had two nights and finished an entire season. So it's one of those things That's that, that like, kind of show. it's reality TV. It is um, a bunch of women, mostly women in LA that are selling really expensive multi-million dollar homes. And so it's just, <laughs> and there's a lot of like drama and uh, just, just grandness. Um, yep. but so when that, that is what was bringing me joy a little while ago, but I feel like it shifted and, um, yeah, what's coming forward today is, uh, I have a friend who is a new mother. Her daughter is now one and mm-hmm. I haven't met her in person yet, but it's the kind of friendship where, and I'm not a mother and I'm like starting to feel those like 
that like switch is turning for sure. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, it's happening. Like I actually feel like mm. I want this. Mm. Um, but my friend shares like all the things about her daughter with me, like the crazy, funny, like, you know, fart jokes to like her first steps. Like she texted me went right after it happened and showed me a video and mm. all of these, I'm really enjoying watching her, uh, just mother. I don't, it sounds like really, mm. it sounds really weird. No, I <laughs> there's think that's yeah. so beautiful. So many metaphors for like, I don't know, mothering myself as I'm like trying to do something new and different and put myself out there in different ways and just acknowledging, um, I don't really know how to articulate it, but really just watching that unfold for her and uh, her daughter's, again, we didn't talk about human design, but her, her daughter's a manifester. So she comes in with a lot of energy and kind of runs <laughs> the show. And she's one of those mothers that's like allowing her daughter to show up to her mm-hmm. as she is, you know, really mm-hmm. like consciously parenting. Um, and it's just really cool. So I'm inspired by that. It's bringing me a lot of joy. <laughs> I think about it like all the time. <laughs> so. Oh, wow. Also women just supporting women doing yeah. what women do. Yeah. yeah. And watching someone that you love, like take on a new, like blossom into this new space, right? Whether it's yeah. entrepreneurship or motherhood or running a marathon or, or like, yeah. it's That's a true. Really yeah. cool thing to just watch someone that you love, just like this whole other part of them just unfurls. You know? Oh yeah, that is true. Yeah. It is really cool. Yeah. It's like a really <laughs> yeah. physical marker of tra- transformation, like or yeah. tangible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's gorgeous. Yeah. yeah. How about you, Eva? What's something bringing you joy? Okay, I thought about this before the show, and I have two things. One is something simple, which is prunes and hazelnuts, which are both <laughs> very delicious. I know some people may not like prunes, but I have rekindled my love with prunes and I'm like, holy shit, they're very delicious, especially in oatmeal and also hazelnuts. I don't, I've like never really eaten. I, this is like new discovery for me. Like it's something that's like you think is, you know, hazelnuts, you hear about hazelnuts, but they are, have you guys had hazelnuts recently? Either I, of you? No, I don't think outside of like mixed into a chocolate bar. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, it tastes like chocolate and it's so fragrant, but it's, but it's a nut. Anyway, I was it's like <laughs> truly mind blown. I'm sold. <laughs> it's like a great snack and it does, it's truly bringing me joy. But really the thing that's really bringing me joy, I have to share this book with y'all. Have you guys heard of this book, uh, Braiding Sweetgrass? Either of you? Not I know right. Kylie, oh. you're a reader. Best friends. Uh, yeah. Okay. It's Reddit yes. makes sweetgrass, gives it, yeah, gives it out. Okay. <laughs> so my, one of my really good friends recommended this to me. She has impeccable taste and I'm not much of a, actually I do love reading. I just don't usually have time. So I listen to a lot of my books, but this one's the kind of book that like you need to just like read. It's, um, oh my God. It's like the book about nature from like an indigenous and science like point of mm. view. And so I, I just, I can't, I can't even say I'm only like, I'm not even that far in, but it's, it's so fucking beautiful. And I just, I want to hype it up because I don't know, I've never encountered a book like this before. Like it's I, like, I literally feel like I can tell already that it's going to be life-changing. And even like the paper is like really special paper. I can't even explain it, but it's not a book that you need to like get through. It's a book that I just want to savor that I already know. I just never want it to end. Mm. And I've been like reading it. I have to admit, I've been waking up feeling kind of grumpy recently. I think it's just like the general pandemic, like blah of like, the lull of like also particularly in Phoenix I can't go outside like at all and just feeling kind of grumpy and I've just my morning routine I've been reading before I meditate and reading this book gets me into like such like a 
indigenous like earth mother mind state it's really beautiful and then I like go into my meditation yeah it's been really helpful because usually I wake up and I'm like I have this very like intense energy of like oh I gotta start my day blah 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 rush 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 and this book's just like Beth Eva's a Capricorn (laughs) Uh, (laughs) yes yes exactly and this book has just been like reminding me of like the sacredness of life she just talks about nature in like such a beautiful way so I have to keep out it's called Grading Sweetgrass for anyone listening it's truly beautiful you it might take like a chapter or two to get into it but if you're looking for something that's going to whisk you away I think this is a good a good wow. read. All right, I'm adding it to my list. Yeah. Yay. Okay. And you, Kylie, what's main bringing you joy? Okay. So I also have two things. Um, one of them I referenced already, which is um, it was really fucking nice to talk to all my friends today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Turns okay. out I fucking love my friends. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, like one woman who I love actually turns out is like today was having a very hard day. And like that was, you know, it was, synchronicities like you know I I was like really grateful to be able to connect with her and another friend like we made plans to have a social distance picnic and like it just yeah it feels really nice to connect to these people that mean so much to me and to have it feel different and lighter and free of some of my own weird shit um and the other thing is um, listeners probably know that my son is obsessed with Spider-Man because I talk about it occasionally. So his new thing <clears throat> is um, he he came downstairs this morning having slept with his sister's socks on his feet. There's these little purple, white, and green socks. And he slept with them on his hands because they're his Spider-Man web shooters. Oh, all day today. This is what he was wearing. Underwear on backwards. (laughs) Just a shirt because it's COVID. And his sister's socks on his hands. I mean, that's like, that is like, if that's not a sign of you like living your best, you know, most authentic (laughs) self. Seriously. I don't know what is. Yeah, what is. Yeah. So Though I gotta say, me, your sound, your son's outfit sounds very much like my normal outfit too. <laughs> like in, in, in COVID, it's just really just like a shirt and underwear. <laughs> so oh, yeah, no, that's and, a sign of living good life, and I'm doing pretty good. Uh, yeah. Also, like, I mean, I'm also at the point where like we have like a lot of trees in my front yard. He's just like out in the front yard with a shirt and underwear all the time. My neighbor's crack, my neighbor just cracks up at me. She's like, "Does he love your outfit?" I'm like. Oh. <laughs> I know he's going to be sad when he has to put back pants or put on pants again after all this is over. He's going to be like, I miss the pantless days. It's true. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. So uh, yeah, my son's web shooters and uh, connected with my friends and my things Mm. bring me joy. I love that. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, So follow Beth at Earth and Ether on Instagram and uh, Eva at Bad Bitch Living. I'm at Kylie Caldwell and join our facebook group hello mm-hmm. universe podcast group and yes. uh also tell us nice things about our show on itunes Review. yes please we love <laughs> nice things we would love you for that say nice things reviews help us grow and share it with a friend yeah all right thank you all thank you so much beth yeah thank this you was incredible thank you